0: Minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. And today is day three of our amazing four day journey to Israel. NSN, the Nahum Siegel Network, is on the road in Israel. NSN on the road in Israel is sponsored by Aaron's Casino Farms. Make sure to take Aaron's Casino Farms on the road with you this Pesach for all your Pesach needs. Thank you, Aaron's. NSN is on the road, and today we're on the road to one of our favorite places in Jerusalem. That's Sharetzedek Medical Center. Good morning, Miriam L. Wallach.
1: Good morning, Nachum.
0: Here we are, back in Sharetzedek. It's
1: funny that we refer to a hospital as one of our favorite places in Jerusalem. That, that is true. But it truly is. That
0: is true. And we sounds.
1: are welcomed by one of our favorite faces. <laughs> <laughs> Audrey Gross was waiting for us at the parking lot. She's still happy to see us, despite the paint fight of last year.
0: Audrey welcomed us with open arms, yep. despite what the uh, what the prognosticators were saying about Correct. How, sh- how she would not be thrilled to see us. Just the opposite. And She's even Uri
1: was happy to see us. us. Correct.
0: Everyone's happy to see us, thank God. Of
1: course, we made Professor Halevi retire. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> that was the no. reaction. <laughs> we're not no. responsible for that.
1: No, but we will be meeting a whole host of characters today.
0: The thing that got me was that it's a year since we're here. It's crazy. Uh, we were here 13 months Months ago, and very, very early February, end of January, early February of 2018, kosher halftime show, a historic broadcast, or a historic program that was uh, filmed here at Shiretatec. Uh, I don't have to go into all the details. We've discussed it a million times on the air. Are we uh, going to
1: go back to the scene of the crime? Are Let's we going to go back to I the place not. where it all started?
0: I hope not. I don't want them to have to treat me for trauma, right? If I if I go to see the site of where it all happened, well, or
1: or to treat themselves for trauma, they may see us and start right. screaming and run the other I way. Mean,
0: you've heard of PTSD, exactly,
1: you know. but not from a pain
0: fight. Post uh, post the Mayor K. Uh, exactly, <laughs>
1: it has a longer acronym. <laughs> Anything related to Mayor K has extra letters in it.
0: So today we meet a lot of people here at Shari Cedric, but first, as is our tradition, as we uh, as we drift into our into the core of our programming today, let us do a little bit of a review, let us do a little bit of a... Um
1: I'm happy we knew it was Wednesday, frankly. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm shocked When you I said
1: Wednesday, I was like, yes, it is Wednesday. I'm shocked.
0: <laughs> and those who are familiar with how this operation works understands that sometimes we're doing shows on different days, even though, you know, it's sort of like out of order. But I don't want to go into too much detail. Right, but also,
1: it's like when we're here, it's a little bit like dog years. So, when somebody says, what's today, we right. are the last people to ask.
0: So we had an amazing visit with our friends at Koran on Monday, and then we were at Mitzion on Tuesday. Today we're spending with Shari Tzedek, and I strongly suggest that people tune in tomorrow as well. Oh, yeah. When JCT and ben Gurion Medical Center's uh, uh, um, medical school, the Medical School for International Health, is our focus. Uh, We might even have a visit from um, Nefesh ben Head, Rabbi Yoshua Fass, Mm -hmm. tomorrow. We might even have a visit from the Senior Vice President of Yeshiva University, Josh Joseph, tomorrow. Uh, so you can see it's a very, very big action-packed week. And today... It's a super smart show. Yeah, and, this, and yeah. the centerpiece of this week is our visit to Shari Tzedek, where as as much as we've been here you know, fairly, fairly recently, a year ago, and many times over the last few years, it is a much different look oh, yeah. than the last time we were here. It's a much different look. The main lobby area is even more enhanced and even nicer <laughs> than, than what we remember. And in addition to that... Uh, they've incorporated some of uh, the most popular eateries and stores in Israel into the lobby of Shared Zedek.
1: I felt a little badly. Why? Because I wasn't going to be bringing anything back for the kids or for Stephen or whatever. Now I know before I leave the hospital, I can go shopping. <laughs> I'm hitting up Angel. Plus, there's a toy store, and there's so much other stuff going on here. All I know is that from here we can go to the airport.
0: So this is like a mall, you're saying? It is
1: a mall. It's
0: a mall in a
1: hospital. Leave me to find a mall in a hospital. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, Mazaltov.
0: Based on the based on your reputation, you could find the mall anywhere. We are. Yes, but, that's true. But yes. my
1: reputation does precede but me. In, in that a department. hospital is
0: a little bit unusual. Um, we,
1: we I, I, I just wish Mazel Tov to yet another wonderful couple who's leaving with their newborn baby and we have had the opportunity to see an, a number of couples walk back and forth with balloons and with a very swaddled little, little, little newborn. Um, in a stroller in some kind of an infant seat and I wished one a Mazel Tov and Audrey said, you know, if you wish a Mazel Tov to every single person who gives birth here you're going to be wishing Mazel Tov all day which should be my biggest problem, right?
0: Because, and that's why I just took out my calculator because based on my quick calculation if you were to sit in this lobby and wish Mazel Tov to every couple who's leaving with a newborn on a typical day in Sedek, you'd be doing it 55 times. Oh my gosh. Right, so around f- even, even more. Audrey's times? saying
1: more. I should be Zoha. But
0: well, what was the figure? 20, 20,000, 22,000? Oh, 22. Oh my gosh, over so 22. Yeah. So, so give me 000. a second. Births. Give me a second on. I that.
1: should be so blessed Here. to be able to yeah. say my Zalta. You're right.
0: It's between 60 and 70 times a day. Audrey, between that's my
1: new job. When I when when we're done with, you know, this I,
0: I think she means when i dropped dead yeah. yeah thank you yeah and we're done well with this, i wasn't
1: yeah. we're in a hospital that what's all you know well, it's, everything's mean, you, fine
0: you may as well just i wasn't going there If you're thinking it you may as well just say well, it. well
1: <laughs> okay so in my next life <laughs> shall we say i'm going to spend part of my time sitting in the lobby wishing everybody a love who who's had a baby and the rest of my time just holding newborns who you know parents need a break i will be there for them i will sit there and hold newborns that's all i want to do can we make that happen thank you i have a job
0: I'm okay, ready to make so, lasagna. So you're, so you're now. You're set. Yeah, I'm good. You're finished with your part of the show. I, well, I don't we, know. We've established your future here in Saratov. Is that is
1: that embarrassing that a, I just said on
0: the air? An, an interesting an interesting line of work. Wishing Basileth, to- I'm sure after a day or two of doing that, you'll find yourself very productive. Yes. But, wishing Basileth, to- I might spend
1: more time holding babies <laughs> after that, but to at to least every- I want to do that for a couple to days. Everybody
0: who leaves. Huh? And then, and then you're going to drift into the. Uh, I assume both the neonatal and the regular unit. Yes. And where you're needed, you'll be there too. Correct. To I, give I, comfort to the babies and families.
1: Right. Because I have. a v- I know this is going to shock We've you. we stumbled
0: upon this. I
1: have a very. Soothing way with newborns. I know really? that's shocking. <laughs> really? I know that's shocking. It's also shocking that anyone could think that I could sit in one place and hold a baby for four hours, or sit in one place at all minutes, for four yeah. hours. Yes, yes, there's four minutes. But I did think that be, I have a future here. The babies here. that you're
0: holding know that every few minutes they have to go get you a cup of coffee. Are they they able, might. They're gonna they be very well trained.
1: They're very, very smart at a very young age. Are,
0: are they aware of? that? Are, are those th- flowers for? Are me? Are they also aware of the fact that, that that within a minute or two of you picking up the baby, you'll be on social media? I was gonna say and, I was on my, my be, phone. Maybe you'll be checking Facebook and things like. See, see. These are the things that things you have to think about before declaring what your intentions are Okay, a second your ago, future. Audrey
1: gave me a job, and now you're letting her know all the secrets of working with well,
0: me. Well, I, I think Audrey should have... I don't you know,
1: remember asking you for a referral. She
0: should have proper... Uh, she, she should, have should have be... All, all the information that she needs. Audrey, if you have any
1: questions about working with me, please ask Yoni. Do not ask Nahum.
0: I don't think Yoni would give that much of a different report, but that's not the focus this, of today's show. Oh, my gosh. Um, the focus of today's show is... <laughs> <laughs> is actually Shari Tetic. It's Medical Center, uh, where we're going to meet some amazing personalities and people that work with, um, a, w- who, who are part of a great staff on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, we do this. I think the last time we did it was, it was almost three or just over three years ago. We actually uh, come and literally speak to the uh, staff members. There are times when there's uh, event-driven information that we're giving on the show, so we'll invite right. one specific person on to talk about it, and obviously Professor Alevi who has uh, now retired, whatever that exactly means, uh, from Shari? Does a person that <laughs> like that retire? I don't think he ever nope. retires. Um, you know, so we, we have spoken to him on multiple times, including our last visit to Jerusalem, which was amazing that he that he sought us out and came and joined us for a conversation. Correct. Um, but this is unique. This is where we we literally have an amazing roster. Of guests, who each one has a their own specialty and their own perspective on the hospital and the medical situation here in Israel, and we get to speak with them about what's the latest and greatest. And one of the best things, and, these, and this, by the way, is is one of, is this is something that we can credit the American Committee of Shaarei Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem with. They keep us informed of all the innovations that are going on through Shaarei Tzedek. It seems every week, every month, there's something new in some department, not just what they're building and expanding. But I'm talking about innovations medically that have been right. coming into the hospital, that are being tested here, et cetera, et cetera. There's always news happening. Speaking of the American Committee of Shari Tech Medical Center in Jerusalem, this would be a good opportunity to say happy birthday to Rachel Wolf.
1: Happy birthday, Rachel Wolf.
0: Happy birthday, Rachel, who, on the American side of this operation, just like here in Israel, she's part of the. Uh, Of the team that, thank God, loves working with us and has an appreciation for what we're doing here every single day. Mm -hmm. And we thank her for that, just like we thank everybody on both sides of the ocean. Also, some big thank yous. Audrey Gross, you mentioned, who, of course, is coordinating everything here. My
1: partner in crime.
0: So thank you, Audrey. Um, Sharon Alter, Uri Schwartz, Mayor Fertig, Rachel Wolf, we mentioned. These are all people that have... We can
1: refer to her as birthday girl.
0: Yes. Yes. These are are people who, uh, again leap into action for us every yep. time we've got a uh project going on here so I think and, and
1: they're very not much. they're not afraid of the words I have an idea. They are right. open to ideas, <laughs> they are open to challenges and they're 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 great. They're, they're fun to work with. We truly appreciate our partnership with them on, on many, many levels, and their confidence in us in terms of being able to deliver a good message for the hospital. And actually, before the show started, while Mo Da'ani was playing, we were approached yeah. by a current... I don't know if you would call father him... Father of a newborn. Right. I, w- I wouldn't call him a patient. He's the, right. he's the...
0: Father of a newborn. He's the father. He has a bracelet because he has a newborn.
1: And he... Would you say uh, resembles the Haredi community? Correct.
0: And he was effusive. Oh, my word. And by the way, he said things that, uh, that I thought were really insightful on yes. his part. Because he didn't just bring he, – he was speaking about Minyan and Shabbos and there's and a kiddish on each floor. But when he said that the people here are careful about Sniut, which was obviously very Beautiful. important to him, I said, wow, you really get every nuance of this place. You understand that there's – it's not just by accident. Right. It's on purpose that people are trying to make people feel as comfortable as possible. You know, this is something that Professor Alevi has said to us a million times. It's all about the patients. Uh, It's all about those who are on the front lines, nurses, doctors, etc., who take care of those patients. And when you make the patient feel comfortable the Mm -hmm. way he was describing, then you know you're doing something right. And he also,
1: yeah, absolutely. And he also referred to... Uh, the, the, the staff of this hospital is people who are Yarei Shamayim right. and that to me was uh, I mean what better compliment can you give people who are in the health field to say that they are God-fearing people that they yep. respect they he said they respect Halacha and again they respect Sniyut but to refer to people as Yarei Shamayim there is that humility that it comes with this hospital and with the medical professionals here. That is just—it's—it's it's overwhelming.
0: You know that uh, you and I always talk about God being the ultimate producer. Absolutely, it's, it's funny that He approached us. Yes, in he did. Seconds before we got on the air. And
1: during Modani.
0: Now, what happened? Explain to explain to our audience what happened. Oh that, my that made you write these two notes over here.
1: Okay, so in classic, shall we say, I don't know, Jewish or Israeli form, or
0: JAM form, or
1: JAM form, we were approached by um, by a number of people who saw us setting up here. They wanted to know what was going on and we quickly explained it and they wanted shout outs. Right. So they quickly want so I quickly <laughs> wrote down the notes. And now what was one shout out? Here this is this is my favorite shout out. First of all, a, a hello to Yael Moore in cardiology.
0: Right. Hello, Yael. Hello,
1: Yael. And Ariela Mizrahi and Nurit Ben Chaim. I mean, could you figure out this woman should only be working in a hospital if her last name is Ben Chaim? There is nothing <laughs> else this woman has put on <laughs> the earth to do.
2: Good. Thank you.
1: As soon as I said that, I'm like, of course you work here. Um Ariella Mizrahi and Nurit Ben Chaim, they say hi to everyone in the world and that everyone should be healthy.
0: That, that is cool? their bracha. That is cool. And then
1: this is this is the funniest. There is...
0: Um, this gentleman. This gentleman. Is in Columbus, Ohio. This is Yael's son, right? I this believe. No,
1: Ben Chaim. It's Nurit's it son.
0: And Nurit says, hey, Gal Ben Chaim, drishat shalom, me'ima o'hevet, umit Umit And she,
3: and yeah. she
0: made... Clear to me. I think, I think, I think I was her sounding board yeah. for for her male son, uh, or, or for her son. She, Come home and visit. Yeah, she, she says to me, "You realize <laughs> that in thirteen years he comes to Israel once a year to see me, and I have a lot of trouble with that." I said, "You must," okay, I said, but. "You must have a lot of trouble with that, but there's not much I can do about it unless you really want me to yell it up on the air." Or
1: I think she wants us to go to Columbus, Ohio, and go find Makes him sense. and bring him Evidently, back. Evidently, he's a soccer coach in Columbus, right. Ohio. Right. Um, and the, so the two things we know about him is that he's a soccer coach and he doesn't visit his mother. That's what can't we know. can't be
0: that hard to find him. And we know his name. So right. We're just going to
1: go through Columbus, Ohio and start asking anybody, right. are you Noritz? But you want to know
0: something? Every Israeli soccer coach in Columbus, Ohio likely does not contact his mother enough com- according to his correct. mother. So I correct. I would think so. I don't
1: know. My mother in Manhattan doesn't think I contact her enough either. So.
0: it's a uh, It's a malady in the Jewish world. Exactly. Or, or a condition. Malady is the wrong word. All All right. In a
1: hospital malady is the wrong correct. word. That NSN correct.
0: NSN is on the road. We're brought to you by Aaron's Casino Farms. A big shout out to Aaron's. Uh, Make sure to take Aaron's Casino Farms on the road with you this Pesach for all your Pesach needs. Uh, Also, everybody out there, we are live on this Wednesday, which means we love... When you interact with us on the app, go to the NSN Single Network app for Android and iPhone, comment away, let us know what you think of Shari Tzedek, let us know what you think of our week in Israel as we've done so many wonderful things this week and I've brought you so many fantastic guests so far this week.
1: And we'll continue doing that this Sunday when we broadcast from the mega.
0: Correct, we'll be at the mega event with Nefesh for Nefesh is coming Sunday so you'll be able to tune in Sunday afternoon and hear us from there as well. Uh, the live stuff it just keeps on coming here at the uh, JM and the Na'akham Siegel Network. Uh, we want to thank the Inbal Hotel, and tomorrow Ronnie is going to join us early, the general manager of the Inbal. Our host. We'll get to thank him personally. Uh, they've been an amazing uh, and very hospitable uh, hotel for us, as they always are, and um, we take this opportunity to thank them and uh, and thank them for their hospitality. All right, we're going to uh, go to this selection from Kolachai.
1: Oh, yeah. I hear they're coming to town. By the way. Is that true? I could be spreading a rumor right now, but I don't think I'm wrong. I'll check my email. I'm pretty sure they're coming to town. Or Mayor Weingarten is going to text us in about two minutes and say, Miriam, either you're right or you're wrong.
0: I, I have a feeling you're wrong. In fact, I'm, I'm turning to Yoni. Wondering, Why would
1: Yoni know? Because
0: I, I want him to help me put that a wager so we could win automatically. I
1: think you guys can <laughs> last five minutes without
0: wagering on something.
1: <laughs> Let's go to a
0: song. All right, more coming up. You're <laughs> listening to JM and the AM.
4: Sim tova tova sim shalom tova u sim shalom shalom sim tova tova sim shalom tova u vacha
5: ba khinu avinu kulanu ke chat ke chat be
6: ba khinu avinu kulanu ke chat
5: be Sim Shalom Shalom Paz Sim To Ba Sim Shalom Sim Shalom Oraḥ Sim Shalom Sim Shalom Shalom Paz
2: Shalom shalom oh
0: From Kol Welcome to a Wednesday. We're at Shari Tzedek Medical Center. We are live in Jerusalem and Dr. Ari Wallach is with us. Dr. Wallach is Director of the Cardiac Imaging Unit here at Shari Tzedek Medical Center. Shalom, shalom. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sh- shalom. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. Uh, cardiac Imaging Unit, how would you describe to someone who's not familiar with medicine what that is?
7: So we are running uh, sophisticated cardiac imaging uh, studies like cardiac CT, cardiac MRI. Um, not me, but other fellows of mine are running uh, nuclear cardiology, which is a very special field. And these are all, all images that um, um, enable us to see a very um, uh, informative and deep uh, the layers of the heart and to get a really nice impression of the heart function and pathologies if patient has one.
0: And all of this is, uh, to, I assume, to the end of, or, or, or its purpose, rather, would be to help patients as much as possible who have difficulties with their heart. Uh, what, what are the types of things that you can see or that you could learn that we don't know up until this point?
7: Uh, actually, most of the studies um, in, in uh, cardiology are being done by echocardiography, but right. sometimes the echocardiography is not enough. And in these cases, let's say that you want to know exactly what type of um, um, cardiac mess we are dealing with, let's say. If it's what damage was done to the heart. Or what damage was done to the heart, or what kind of infiltration, what kind of disease uh, is uh, inflicting the heart. Then we are running these kinds of studies, and it uh, enable us to uh, give better diagnosis for the uh, for the uh, my other colleagues who are being who are taking care of the, these patients. Um, also, uh, these kind of studies are very helpful when we are running all kinds of sophisticated procedures like you know valve implantation mm-hmm. during procedure or before uh, operations to uh, to uh, uh, guide and direct the, the surgeon uh, of what kind of let 's say uh, procedure is going to uh, to perform. Uh, a device is going to implant, etc. Not every type. hospital
0: is doing this type of research, right?
7: Um, no, not every hospital. It usually very. Uh, it, it needs a, a very um, sophisticated and very high-end technology, which is not in uh, all the hospitals. You, c- you cannot find. You know, we have the, be- the best scanners in the world, for example. Um, and uh, you know, people who can read these studies, it's not uh, that simple.
0: Uh, Shari Tzedek in general, has always been known for its cardiac units, correct? Would that be yes, a good uh, I think and why is that? Why is it that you 've been so advanced in that area of, of medicine? first of
7: all, I think it 's the need you know the people of Jerusalem need a good cardiac um, what we call the, we call it the heart center right. they need a very good and comprehensive heart center and then uh, for about uh, uh, i think thirty years ago, when Professor Halevi just came he understood that it should be an excellent center. And, and and invested a lot in bringing the best people and the best equipment and uh, in order to be you know first in everything and and i think that for the last 30 years you can actually see how it's evolved into what it becomes today under the the leading of professor Glickson.
0: dr arik owalak is with us director of the cardiac imaging unit you said to me moments ago that before you we went on the air, did you have a patient in the emergency room at the moment? Yes. Is you're this right. a, is this something that you would call a typical case? Something you've seen many times before? Or is yeah. there something out of the ordinary going on?
7: I think it's. Uh, well, I haven't seen it yet, but I think it's uh, it's an ordinary case, ordinary case. But you know, even the ordinary case should get the best medicine that we right. can provide, and so
0: obviously be treated as an individualized yes, case. Yes, that so
7: you know, in, in in if you ask me, I d- I don't feel that we have ordinary cases. We have. We have patients which we really care and and uh, really care for. And
0: do you know statistically how the how Israel compares to the United States in terms of heart disease? Is it is it more prevalent here or there? Just as a comparison for us, since we're from there,
7: I can tell you um, that uh, during the last two decades in Israel, the Israeli Heart uh, uh, Association. Um, did um, um, amazing work, and we managed to reduce mortality from uh, heart diseases significantly. And I I, I don't know the exact numbers, so I don't want to mislead. Right, but what is
0: most responsible for that?
7: Um, I think that what is responsible is the, um, uh, first of all, is attention uh, uh, to the... Uh, to the details, for example, uh, how to uh, detect heart attack, Um, how to implement the best uh, guidelines and how to do it in the most efficient way. And I think we, we did it here in Israel, and and, I th- and actually we see the results. We have a survey that we take every two years, and we see a really a, a, a reduction in mortality and in morbidity, and, and we're very proud of it, must I must uh, say.
0: I thought maybe the Jerusalem Marathon helped. so, so <laughs> since so many more people are you know, trying to get into shape actually, to actually, run. <laughs> actually, I think that
7: in, in many ways you're right. I think that during the last few decades, there is a change in, in what we call lifestyle um, behavior. And for example, people are uh, eating a little bit better. At, um, at least in the Jewish population, there is a reduction in the, the, the rate, in, in the amount of people who smoke. Um, That's a big one, smoking. Um, uh, there, pref- you know, we are doing much more physical exercise than, let's say, my parents used to do. I'm, I'm trying to keep uh, in, to be in shape. So I think all of it, as well as the uh, the way that we treat our patient, translates into reduction in. In uh, morbidity and mortality from uh, cardiovascular diseases.
0: How many years have you been at
7: Um I've been here, I think, uh, five years. I came from the uh, Negev. I was working in the Negev for many years. Um, before that, I was uh, doing a few years in Cedar Sinai.
0: Uh, oh, we've heard of that. Um, in uh, Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, exactly. Wow. Um, and how would you, uh, from your vantage point? Um, where you serve in, in your department of the hospital, how would you view the transition at the top, Professor Alevi now to uh, Dr. Marin? Anything, anything, uh, uh, I don't know, of significance in terms of that transition or things have been very smooth? Oh, things have been very, very smooth. You know, I think that uh,
7: Professor Alevi and Professor Marine uh, you know, have a long distance together. They're doing things for many years. Um, and. Uh, uh, actually, and, and, and Professor Alevi is still to stay, you know, right. he's going to be here, and we are very happy for him. I think that maybe he had the first night uh, of quite sleeping <laughs> for many years, you know. Uh, so, then uh, I think that Professor Marin is, is will do a great job.
0: I love right. him very much. And here. Professor Marin and is in fact the way I should be referring to, him, and I will throughout the show. Dr. Arik Wallach, director of the cardiac imaging unit here at Shari Tzedakah Tadareba. Thank you so much, and continue that zechat to you. Rabah. a pleasure Bye. meeting you. Bye. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM as we continue on this uh, Wednesday morning. We're at Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem with Reva Lesheva, at JM in the AM.
4: Ose shalom bimro mal hu yase shalom malenu. Ose shalom bimro mal hu yase shalom malenu. Ose shalom bimro mal hu yase shalom malenu. Ose shalom bimro. Shalom, hallelujah, shalom, hallelujah, shalom, Israel. Ya shalom, 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 Se shalom bi proma, ouya, se shalom alelu, o oh, se shalom bi prova, huya, se shamu, ya se shalom, oya, se shalom, huya se shalom. Shalom.
0: That Yehuda Cats. We've got the music rolling. We've got great guests here at JMM at Shari Tech Medical Center in Jerusalem. Big hello to our friends at the American Committee for Shari Medical Center in Jerusalem. Uh, a lot of wonderful people, including birthday girl Rachel Wolf, who's celebrating a birthday today. Here we are with our great team uh, as NSN is, is um, on the road this week in Israel. NSN On the Road in Israel is sponsored by Aaron's Casino Farms. Make sure to take Aaron's Casino Farms on the road with you this Pesach for all your Pesach needs. And just like we're on the road this week, when you get uh, when you decide to hit the road, make sure to stop at Aaron's first, or give them a call, and they'll take very good care of you. Want to wish a mazel tov to Tamar and Ross Rothenberg, who tonight are being feted with the guests of honor at the uh, Yeshiva at Noam dinner. Uh, big shout out to the Rothenberg law firm, and of course to Tamar and Ross from all of us here at J.M. in the A.M. and the youngest jewel of T.N.E.X. getting ready for the, de- the dinner on Sunday night. Mazel tov to. Uh, Janet and Lear Hode, and all the honorees happening this coming uh, Sunday night in Bergen County, New Jersey, celebrating the young Israel of Teaneck. Dr. Alona Bin Nun is with us, uh, director of the NICU, a... um, an abbreviation that I got very familiar with, and my wife had triplets 21 years ago. Oh. Long time ago, no? <laughs> how,
8: and how are they down? They're doing
0: fine. About to celebrate their yeah. 21st birthday on the 10th Great. of
8: March. Wow. Just in a few days. Sunday, yeah. yeah. Coming, I'm, coming imagine Sunday. that. And huh? how, what was their weight?
0: Uh, they were born at, well, this, I don't usually do this on the air, but we'll do it for this. Uh, they were born at 3.8, 3.5, and 3.1. Well, I don't know what that is in kilo, but, but that's what it was in New York. <laughs>
8: Small. <laughs> pretty small pretty small yeah.
0: in the hospital for uh, two months and then two of them for three months Wow so but it was uh, and it was quite an experience it was uh, it was really it was really quite an adventure and then listen to this one one of my uh, singles uh, ends up in an EQ for a breathing problem. But he's full term and he's seven pounds. So what did the nurses in the NICU call him? Hercules. Because compared <laughs> to everybody else who was in there, he was quite large. So you see, I have a little bit of a history with this. Anyway, it's a pleasure to meet you. You Thank are you. you are meeting some of the world's smallest infants on a daily basis. Yes, no?
8: yes. We have currently in our NICU we have a baby is 590 grams at this moment, which is just a little bit over a pound.
0: Larger or smaller than my hand? Um, About the same size? Yeah. That's unbelievable. Say, yeah, yeah. That's unbe- and the prognosis, the hope is very strong, right?
8: Well, it depends what week the baby was born at. Right. Uh, what was the weight according to the gestational age? So, if the babies are born uh, later with smaller gestational age, is probably a little bit better. And if they are very very small, it's uh, b- below 500 grams. The prognosis is pretty grim. Yeah.
0: All right, but compa- again, compared to 20 years ago, I don't know how long you've been in NICU. How long have you been in NICU? Uh, less than 20 okay. <laughs> years. Okay, but, but nonetheless, <laughs> Not as time goes by, Yeah, the, the odds on one of these small babies r- making it and making it strong just get better and better. Yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. We are improving all the time. We have all the time challenges. It's a very dynamic field. We are uh, in the process o- in Israel now for uh, reducing the incidence of uh, intraventricular hemorrhages, wow. which is uh, some of the things that can reduce the prognosis of this infants.
0: Wow. And that's, I assume, needs a lot of sophisticated equipment and people who really know. Oh, yes. Who kno- who we know we j-
8: we on one hand, we use very sophisticated technology. And uh, on the other hand, we still go back to uh, good old breast milk. And we think, as l- time goes by, that the importance of breast milk is more and more important. That's
0: what we were told back then. Yeah, so... Under all circumstances, make sure. It's very yes. interesting you say that. Dr. Alona Ben-Nun is with us. All right, so, you know, you become very well-known now for one reason. <laughs> and you know what that is. And that's because there's now something called... Do we call it an infant MRI? Would that be yes, the right? Yes,
8: we have uh, an MRI situated inside our NICU. And uh, it has a lot of advantages. As we already s- uh, spoken about it, uh, one of the most uh, serious problems of premature infant is uh, neurological damage sure. or insult during the first days or first. Uh, that would be bleeds time. in the brain and things bleeds like that. Bleeds, infections, right. and so on. And that would uh, affect their life for, uh, Forever. for decades and decades. Yeah and uh... one of the things that every baby goes through is a a imaging of the brains and uh... since this is a very yes and since uh... Uh, The only way to, um, until now to uh, image very small infants was uh, with uh, ultrasonography that uh, the machine goes into the NICU, goes by the baby's bed and not interfering with anything. Because the the traditional
0: MRI would not be possible to use for an infant. Exactly.
8: The traditional MRI is very uh, dangerous for the babies because the transport to the MRI uh, suite and the radiology is uh, is very long and the MRI environment is very cold and our uh, infants are very prone to exposure to uh cold they right. can get hypothermic and it's very very dangerous I mean you
0: use heat lamps and whatever else you could do to make sure they keep warm
8: You can't do it in the MRI Right I'm
0: saying that, yeah. that this is the type of environment you're we creating We use
8: for them. Uh, incubators right. we use all kind of equipment to and keep our babies Yes <laughs> and we f- to keep our babies warm and you can't do that in the In the MRI, uh, in the uh, conventional MRI. So uh, it's um, uh, last uh, Rosh Hashanah, uh, last uh, September, uh, not I mean in 2017. A year and a half ago. A year and a half ago, we uh, we started scanning babies with an MRI, which is situated inside our NICU. So the transport is very small. Who'd you have to
0: convince to get that machine in here?
8: Well, we needed to be the first uh, early adapters in the world. How do you find (laughs) that the machine (laughs) exists? Uh, They were uh, in the process of uh, thinking and developing the the machine, and they wanted uh, somebody to consult them with the Uh. neonatology, and then they wanted the first machine to be located in uh, Boston, in Harvard, or somewhere else. And I said, hey guys, you know best place for you is in Sharetzedek and they
0: they went for it and they went for it they delivered it and it's (laughs) sitting in the NICU unit now probably being used every day
8: right uh, hopefully. Uh, we are in the process of regulation because yeah. it's a very um, uh, novel machine, novel concept, novel and everything, and we have to convince the health ministry that it is pretty safe. So we are in the process of doing it only in uh, studies and not unfortunately we can't use it every day, but hopefully very soon we would be able to do it.
0: Wow. So hopefully in a few months, like yeah. a little bit down yeah, the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it like, we're speaking with Dr. Alona Noon what is it like, and I've seen this, when the children that you saved come back years later to see you at the hospital?
8: Oh my God, <laughs> that is so emotional. Is that, that amazing? Is so emotional, yeah, we can't believe it. You know, when they leave the NICU, we don't know exactly what they look like, what right. they're going to turn into. And if all the uh, therapies will be effective and everything yeah, will be good. Yeah and then when they come and actually we saw today one of uh, one of the mothers the her son is 20 years old he was like 8 months in the NICU or 10 months in the NICU and he's a soldier now <laughs> and he's uh, healthy and uh, alive and kicking. <laughs> so you've developed some and of the heroes of Israel. Yeah, so he's <laughs> it's so so much fun it's so fulfilling and uh, gives you so much energy to keep on doing because sometimes we have very rough days. I
0: can only imagine. Um, and, uh, and obviously, these stay, there's no such thing as an average stay. If the baby's healthier and stronger and larger, then the chances are they'll be in there a shorter time. And these extreme cases that you speak about, obviously, we're talking about many, many months.
8: Obviously, we know that uh, our NICU, although equipped with very expensive and high-tech uh, uh, stuff, uh, is no better than a regular womb right. and actually it's worse than a regular womb mm-hmm. so better to grow inside the low-tech uh, <laughs> <laughs> womb
0: the god-created, <laughs> god-created uh, <laughs> womb.
8: so we're saying that um and that's what we tell our the parents that uh most probably the baby could leave the nicu when he's around term equivalent so if the baby was born let's say at 26 weeks we would have to stay he would have to stay 14 weeks until right. 40 and it depends uh, oh, so there is
0: a formula somewhat yeah. or at least a it guideline
8: just, yeah, of what parents parent should yeah. expect
0: and, and that by the way is very important that Parents at least have some advanced warning about what this process is going to be like.
8: It is. They need a lot of patience. Yeah. They need to look every day by day and. Um,
0: and plenty of mothers show up every day, right? Man, yeah. m- many, many mothers yeah. come every single day. No, most of them. the majority of them. Yeah, we I mean, I'm thinking of those who have yeah, large we encourage
8: families. encourage the families to be 24/7. Right. And we know that the, uh, uh, when parents are uh, staying with their babies more and more, the outcome would be much better. Right. We encourage what we call skin-to-skin. Or yep. kangaroo care yep. for our smallest preemies, so babies can feel their mothers and uh, their skin, and they hear their heart tone and the uh, heart rate. And we know that uh, if uh, some parents are so afraid touching their babies, they think that they're so fragile they're going to break or something. And uh, <laughs> and we have to explain that the on the contrary, if you don't touch your baby, he is in danger. Right. So you should touch the baby as much as possible and talk to him and uh, give him as much human uh, reaction and contact as soon as possible.
0: Dr. Bin Nun, Thank you very much for being you. here thank and for, for, ca- and for uh, joining us here on the air. Uh, Dr. Alona Bin Nun, director of the NICU unit, the neonatal ICU, uh, with the brand new infant MRI being tested in her department. Here at JM in the AM. Dr. Jordana Hyman is here, an IVF and fertility preservation specialist. Uh, She's an obstetrician, gynecologist with a subspecialty in reproductive endocrinology and infertility. Dr. Hyman, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Nice to speak with you.
9: Nice to speak to you too. Your
0: area of study and expertise must change rapidly on a regular basis. Am I right about that?
9: Well, things change quite quickly um, in our field. There's there's a lot of new progress and, and things changing all the time in IVF. Um, my passion hasn't changed though. <laughs> That's good. My, my passion has always <laughs> been trying to help people conceive. Right. Um, so, so the passion's always the same. The the focus shifts slightly.
0: IVF so. treatments, I assume. I mean, uh, d- 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 there, you know, there are different medications and shots involved and obviously a course of uh, action that must be you know taken by the couple who are trying to have a child. Has, has that changed a lot over the last few years or that basic structure still is the what it is? The
9: basic st- structure is still there. I think at the limits of treatment um, is where there's a lot of changes. Um, w- what do you mean by that? Tell me. Uh, the age limits that we right. might offer treatment, um, the amount of treatments we might offer a couple before we say, wait a right. minute, we need to rethink this. Because you've learned this. a lot from experience. Exactly. Um, the, the basic treatment protocols and the actual medications are, are the same structure, right. but they keep getting fine-tuned and improved um, over the years, um, and I think... I think it's a a philosophy, a a more philosophical, um, ethical change that's taking place in the field um, of what we we offer couples um, and what we can offer them, and it's really pushing those limits.
0: Would it be fair to say that most of us don't realize how many people are having these difficulties and Uh, that if we only did, we'd be very careful the way we speak to the average couple out there? So,
9: I think you're spot on. Um, You know, tons of people... Um, are very private about their fertility struggles. And we're talking about around one in eight couples.
0: Because as difficult as it is to deal with, doing it privately helps a little bit.
9: Correct. So it's something that it's associated. um, It's private. It's personal. It's not something that most people want to share. If they did, they'd probably discover that it's really common and that they'd have a lot of people out there that could offer them support and help. Um, but it is something that most couples tend to keep quiet as are miscarriages or any sort of sure. r- reproductive, I would say, failure. Reproductive success is something that people, you know, are really happy about and they like sharing and people love wishing people Mazel Tov and joining in Simples. Sure. It's often hard for people to respond to a couple who, who share their, their struggle with infertility. Um, we actually have, there's a fertility awareness Shabbat. Um, coming up around Rosh Chodesh Nisan which is a worldwide event um, for communities to raise awareness of the struggles that infertile couples are undertaking um, and that's in combination with an organisation called Karen Geffen um, here in Jerusalem and Yesh Tikva in the States um, and what we're trying to do is encourage all communities to actually talk about fertility challenges. Um, a lot of people also don't know what to do. Do you ask this couple to be kvatas at the bris? You know, do you do you give them these honors, or is that going to make them squirm in their seats? So, so people don't really know how to deal, how to offer support. Um, so that's a huge issue as well. But it's a very common struggle. We're seeing it more and more. We're also seeing that couples are getting married later. Right. Women are having babies later. Right. So part of it's demographic changes, and um, part of it, it, we're discovering more and more issues involved in couples' fertility. So.
0: Dr. Jordana Hyman is with us. IVF and fertility preservation. Now, IVF for for many of us who are, you know, have have heard of it, know know what it's all about. Fertility preservation. What does that mean?
9: Okay, so fertility preservation um, has two aspects. Um, fertility preservation for women and men um, who are undergoing cancer treatments or any sort of treatment that may impair their future fertility um, has been around for many years. So in the field of IVF, we've offered women um, and even girls and children um, to freeze either ovarian tissue or eggs, or if they're married, to freeze embryos for future use before they undergo chemotherapy or radiation or treatment that may completely destroy their future fertility. So classical fertility preservation has been for people who are about to undergo treatment. Um, There's also fertility preservation for men. That's less my field, but we do that as well. Over the past seven years, or since 2011, in Israel it's also become legal for women to choose to freeze their eggs. So women that are single, that are between ages 30 and 41, um, can now choose to come and undergo egg freezing as a type of fertility preservation they're not at any risk of God forbid you know cancer treatments or things like that to to threaten their fertility but here we've got that biological clock ticking and we've got a lot of women um, who do not want to be mothers alone at this point in life and they want to hold on or preserve or freeze in time their potential um to have biological future children in the future you know that with a future partner
0: a, you know that aspect of it yeah. i i have heard of and yeah. knew about i never considered the, the treatment aspect yeah. that someone could actually lose the ability to be fertile and have children
9: so, so we, we what an
0: unbelievable chesed that is
9: yeah it's it's a really special area to work in. And actually the the the, the cancer aspect, um, that aspect of fertility preservation is, is an older technique. Like That's we've got more experience with that over the years because it only became recently available. But since it's become available over the last seven years we've had almost five hundred women freeze their eggs in characters.
0: Unbelievable. So there's a new test I have been told to identify hereditary genetic defects in fetal cells within 24 hours, and this test has been developed at Sharit Sedeq. Tell me about it.
9: So I'm not really involved in, in the genetic research. Okay. I'm not the genetic expert. I, I can't really tell you all the uh, Interesting information about that. I'm sorry. Um, that would be more on the genetic aspect. So I'm I'm going to have to pass that you one. Gotta, to no. <laughs> <other> <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, I don't. I don't present other people's research. So well, I don't want
0: to. Well, now it's clear that your role is much earlier in the process. Correct. <laughs>
9: correct. I, I'm going to let one of the geneticists handle that <laughs> one, or someone wh- whose research that is. But yeah, I'll pass that one through.
0: Well, I appreciate you joining us Thank and continue with much. your amazing work. Thank you. There are a lot of uh, a lot of families that are growing because of you. You know.
9: Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, that. you know that's what we're all about and and for me at least as as a doctor and as a parent I think children are the most amazing bracha and and that's what fuels my work every day like people say you're so optimistic and you've got so much energy and it just comes from that so I just you know my, my my family is amazing thank god and we've been blessed with our family and I'm here to help women and couples um um, hold on to hope as well before they undergo treatment if they need treatment um and to come and to help them in any way to create a family because i think it's an amazing thing
0: and your accomplishments last for generations which is also a good feeling
9: yeah yeah i'm in thank Thank you you. so much okay
0: dr Dr. jordana hyman ivf fertility preservation we are at shari tetic medical center in Jerusalem, and meeting some incredible people who are doing great work in the field of medicine. Uh, NSN On The Road, the Nahum Segal Network in Israel, is brought to you by Aaron's Casino Farms. Make sure to take Aaron's Casino Farms on the road with you this Pesach for all your Pesach needs. Check out our app. Go to the NSN Nahum Segal Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Let us know uh let us know where you are and uh, what you think of our program and uh, what you think of our week from Israel, etc., etc. Have you commented on the app yet this morning or not?
1: I have, I have not. I have been, I've been producing I, I, a radio I show. D- I'm
0: not sure if you had time to comment. I'm asking I'm any, not, but now I feel pressured I'm to. I'm asking an innocent question. I, I
1: appreciate that. You know, the, the next guest who's going to be on just basically at the top of the hour um, is almost the man of the hour or of the week, or That's of the true. next decade, or or however long. But this That's is true. this is almost, is this your inaugural interview?
0: Yeah. I mean, don't you know that just like when someone comes out with a Jewish music album, well, it's, of not course. R- it's not really out until they're on JM&AM. The if someone becomes the Director General of Chariteic Medical Center, it's not official till they're on JM&AM, the right? Exactly. That the yes, of or, course. Ha- or has someone sold me a bill of goods by telling me that? No, no,
1: no. I mean, I tell you that every day, <laughs> but it's really, really true. It's really true. <laughs> All
0: right, so we'll go to the top of the hour, and then we will be joined by the esteemed, brand new Director General of Shari Tzedek Medical Center in his hospital here mm-hmm. in Jerusalem. in America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio around the world and web and alchemistical.com on the Nalchemistical Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. <music>
10: Ma baiz, ma baiz hazeh. Hu yashkin bein echel, hu yashkin bein echel. Ahavot v'yachvot v'shalayim bereyus. Mi yisheshi kein shema, baiz, baiz
2: hazeh.
10: We are going to a good We are going
2: to
0: This is a Wednesday morning broadcast and we are at Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem, one of our favorite places. And uh, many of you are aware of the fact that on March the 1st there was a transition here at Shari Tzedek Medical Center. Uh, The 4th Director General, uh, Professor Alevi, handed off. Uh, The position to uh, Professor Ofer Merin, who now is the fifth person to hold the position of Director General of Shari Tzedek Medical Center in just over 117 years of Shari Tzedek's history, and it is a great pleasure and honor to welcome Professor Ofer Merin to our airwaves here at Shared Tzedek. Shalom, thank you very much for hosting us. Thank you very much. In your hospital. You. After all, you are you. now the Director General of Shared Tzedek. So mazal tov to you.
11: Toda you. How has
0: the term gone so far, the first few days?
11: Well, it's only five days, so I'm still smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was good that you came st- Shortly, At the after beginning. I started, because, yeah, if we'll come and speak in a month, probably I'll be a bit shorter than <laughs> I am now. So.
0: Well, nonetheless, I'm sure it's going to be a very successful term, to say the least. We've had you as a guest discussing uh, different things about Shared Sedek. We've discussed trauma services, which unfortunately is so prevalent here in such an important department. Uh, you've been the head of the uh, of trauma services here. And, of course, we've discussed the Mobile Field Hospital, which is something you take great pride in. Uh, which has such a uh, close relationship with Shari Tzedek Um, and now you have this unique opportunity this position as director general um, I assume that you have the you have the desire to set an agenda to to establish certain goals for your time as director general what have been the thoughts and and practical uh, 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 things that you've set in motion at the beginning to try to achieve your goals during this term
11: you know, we can come into the usual cliches when someone is sitting in this chair and I should say now, okay, we want to be excellent in everything that we do. We want to give the best care. We want to continue to expand the hospital and continue the really amazing tradition that the hospital has had over the years. And um, so, yeah, I can give a long list of things that CEOs of hospital should say. And um, I think there's a few things that we should concentrate and I think that the uh, what I'm mostly uh, occupied these days in trying to set the priorities because right. there's so many uh, things uh, moving from budget issues, which is always a struggle in everywhere in the medical field these days. We can speak, it's probably way beyond the medical field. So, yeah, there is obviously uh, many uh, issues and struggles about the budget. But let's put this aside because okay. we're here to uh, treat the patients and um, I think that we are that we are we are now in the position to find the right balance between saying okay we should continue to expand we should continue the tradition of excellence and we c- and we should keep not only the size but the quality of uh, care and I think this is the thing that we should concentrate on I mean it's it's obviously everyone has its pride in things that we're saying oh we are the best in this I think we should. Find the right balance between having some of the services that we should say, this is the best in Israel, one of the prominent or one of the best in the world, and we should put the resources, the best people in this service and say, yeah, we should lead in this thing. I think there's many things that we should say. We should give excellent quality of care, but we can't,
0: can't you do know, it come
11: all. and think that everything has to be... Uh, we have to be the best, and um, you know, hospitals is continue to expand, but we have a certain size. The number of patients is growing on, specifically in Shorayt You know, we are, when we're looking at the numbers year after year, we're probably more or less. If I should put my finger into one figure, we're about five percent increasing every year. That's this a is large number. A lot. This is a lot when we are still in more or less a confined area. Right. And. Um, so how to keep uh, it's the quality of care it's it's not only the quality of the medical care it's the quality of the feeling of the patient how how we take care of him and as the number of patients is increasing we are sitting here and it looks everything looks uh, very nice and and but if we'll go down to the emergency room we will see their their lineups over there how are we making sure that the patients you know m- understand what to expect Mm -hmm. how we meet the expectations of patients so this is part of the issue so a patient needs a knee surgery right he said oh well i need my knee to be changed i want it to be done within the next week we should we should know how to communicate with our patients so he will know what to expect when it's going to be done Who's going to do it? So uh, I think this is part of the Well, It sounds like a, a
0: real balancing act. Yeah. It, it sounds like a quantity-quality yeah, issue. You want to maintain exactly. quality, but the quantity, as you just described, is going up rapidly. I mean, 5% oh, to yeah, us sounds like a mammoth number. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, it's across the board. There's so many different departments here, so it's across the board. Sharad um, Sedek has a rich history in certain departments. There are certain departments that the, the, the hospital is synonymous with it. I, we were speaking earlier with uh, one of the heads of the cardiac unit. It's not, a, it's not unusual for chiropractic to be associated with cardiac care here in Israel. But when you are such a central part of medical care in a country like this, and you are being turned to, not just in emergency situations, but on a daily, regular basis to service more and more and more people, you want every single department... ...to have the same reputation as the one that I just described. And that's a real challenge.
11: Yeah, the, yeah there's no question. It's a real challenge. Um, you know, we should recognize, and, and this is part of the issue... ...we should recognize what's going on in medicine. Um, and we should try... I, I don't want to use the term pinpoint because it's not that term exactly... ...but we should try to understand what is going on in medicine... ...what is going on with genetics... And to say, you know, imaging has gone a long way. What would, should we do this year with imaging? What is new in imaging? Right. What is new in cardiology? Right. So it's not that every year we should say, well, cardiology, I'm cardiac surgeon. So for right. me, it's <laughs> easy to speak about cardiology. Right. Um, but as a cardiac surgeon, I'll say, what has changed between last year and this year? To be honest, nothing. And I think this is all, also part of my position because the chief of cardiac surgery i'm happy that he comes and say oh we should do this and this and this and i should again balance between the different people that i do want them to come to my room and you know to ask Mm -hmm. for things so we need from at least my chair to try and figure out what is important to do now, and which, which departments we should, we should back up It more. is a
0: very complicated analysis, yeah. right, going forward. It's very complicated to determine exactly uh, where the concentration should be. Professor Ofer Maron is with us, brand new Director General here at Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem, Israel. Uh, just the first few days of his uh, brand new position. Um, you mentioned how expensive, uh, how difficult budget constraints are these days. And I don't know th- to, to what degree the director general, what, what type of uh, role you play in, in raising funds for the hospital. I assume it's, it's, a, it's a, a big role, and an important role. But what about the government here in the state of Israel? They have to realize that your hospital, as I just described earlier, is not just a local Jerusalem hospital, but it is a center that is being depended on by so many people in so many surrounding areas in Jerusalem and outside the city of Jerusalem. Is this something that the government has recognized and has been helpful to the hospital? Well, the budget in Israel is, is
11: a long issue. Right. Um, but if we should just to realize a bit the figures in the United States the we well, are speaking more or less about seventeen percent of the GDP goes to medical care health in Israel, healthcare care is about seven point five so it 's less than half than what is the, what is given in, uh, in the states and I will cautiously say, I think that across the board the medical care in israel is more or less similar to the one in the States. Right. So this is a huge struggle how to keep it. Shared Tzedek is unique in Israel. So the hospital in Israel, part are being balanced by the government because the government owns them, part by the um, HMOs uh, that they belong. Right. Shared Tzedek these days is probably the only one hospital in Israel that we are responsible for our own budget. So I would honestly say that at least half of the time of the day, which is a very long day, is spent on issues that are directly related to budget. There's not one single meeting that I speak that budget is not somewhere in the room, but I would say that almost half of the meetings yes. has direct connection with budget. We are we are struggling with our budget, and so we are looking for whatever direction we can think of from to still get a little bit of support from the government to get support from many very good people. Most of them are coming from the states that support our hospital. Right. It's where they're supporting the patients. And to keep the work in the in the hospital in a way that we we utilize the things in the best way, that we are economic, and, and we are thinking about everything that's done in the hospital.
0: Well, I can only imagine a big shout-out to those in the United States who, of course, uh, many people who dedicate themselves to Shara, etc., yep. take great pride in being supporters of Shari Tzedek Medical Center. Finally, the experience in the mobile field hospital. Does that experience help someone run a hospital? Does that experience that you've had so many times in different parts of the world help in this new position?
11: Um, You know, I would say a short answer. The answer is for sure, yes. Now, when you ask how, this is a more difficult question to ask. I think part of it, in my personal experience, is the way how to build a team is the way how mm-hmm. to have the right spirit of people and uh, the understanding that people have to believe I would say in the system but the bottom line they don't believe in the walls they have to believe in a certain person so I understand this position that people have to give their trust personally in, in me in the way that I am gonna try to continue the again the, the, the excellent tradition in this hospital and um, I don't want to say that every day in the hospital, it's an emergency or a chaotic situation. So it's not really like we come right. to a disaster zone. But in this sentence, this is one of the things that I just said now, when you come to a disaster zone, I think my personal most important single thing that I usually think that I have a personal impact is, is the thought of what we should concentrate on. Because when you come to a carotid area, it's always the question, which patient you should treat, what level of treatment you should uh, try to keep, how you communicate with the population, and so on. And it's always trying to find the right balance between, okay, this is the most important things to do. So to take this into my new position now, this is what is is in my mind.
0: Just like on an emergency scene, it's about priorities, triage, right? Yep. And just uh, and leading a hospital is all about priorities and balance, as you described so eloquently yep. as well. Uh, well, we, uh, By the way, uh, I don't know if this is a coincidence, the fact that it's your first week on the job, but uh, the hospital area that we're in looks even more beautiful than the last time we were oh, here. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so Tarava on that. It's a really uh, beautiful setup with lovely shopping and something for everybody uh, who comes uh, either as a patient or family member to be able to take advantage of. So, mazal tov on that. And mazal tov on your new position. I thank you so much for joining us here today.
11: Thank you very much. Thank you for the talk.
0: A pleasure. Dr. Professor Merrin, who is the Director General of Shari Tzedek Medical Center, he is now the uh, fifth to hold the position in the 117-year history of the hospital. And I thank him for joining us here and for welcoming welcoming us here um, on this JM&AM Wednesday morning. Wow, someone gave me an eye My chair just went all the way way down. How did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) Uri Schwartz. Who I believe was the one who said we'd never be allowed in this hospital again. (laughs) I think he was the one. Am I right? Wasn't he the one who said that? No. You're always welcome. Always a pleasure to host you here at Charitetic. Uri Um, was looking at the security camera as we we drove in to make sure Mayor Kay was not in our car. Definitely. As long as Mayor wasn't there, he had no problem with us. Just kidding, of course. We love Mayor, and Uri does as well. But he did cause a little bit of mayhem last year in the hospital, you may recall. Uri is Director of Resource Development. Uh, there's a lot going on. No, it's funny, uh, 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 Professor Merrin moments ago had two themes basically to this conversation. One was priorities and one was balance. And he presented them very well from his position. I'm sure it's been going through his mind a lot. When one thinks of priorities, one thinks about what does the hospital need? What area does a hospital have to expand into? No coincidence, and I'm sure you know this, that major medical centers around the world are looked to for cancer treatment and cancer help these days, uh, many of them to a great extent. And sharid is moving in the same direction because the, the construction of the Cancer Radiotherapy Institute is uh, underway, right? That's We could say that Correct. accurately. And what will be known as the Cancer Center at Sharid is something that's not just on the drawing board, but is becoming... A reality. Tell us about this recent project. Unfortunately, I
6: think that we can all say that we have family and friends who suffer from oncological problems. It's a growing, unfortunately, a growing entity. And, and uh, we try to find projects that can serve and help the community at most. So we are now in the first um, part, stage of uh, developing our new cancer center. And, and at the moment, we have a huge... Hold, it's supposed to be the biggest hole in the ground in Jerusalem <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> the
0: Grand Canyon uh, of the Jerusalem. The <laughs> Grand
6: Canyon of Jerusalem, it's more than 40 meters, it's something along the lines of 132 feet. Th- this would be in what direction? That would be in the direction of uh, the Herzl Mountain of right. Hal Herzl, uh, and uh, it's, it's basically going to be 13 floors. It's, it's equivalent of 13 floors below ground. One even underground, right. Uh, in, in, in terms of measurement. And we are building there. The first stage is our radiotherapy center due to the fact that there's a lot of radiation involved in radiotherapy. It has to be underground. And most people here in Yerushalayim would be glad to know there's also could be going to be extensive parking there <laughs> because yeah. that is another one of our problems as we are growing. Uh, and eventually over and above the radiotherapy center there will be a proper cancer institute on top of this uh, where and we will be able to treat uh, unfortunately, even
0: more cancer patients that what we are treating today. So patients who need to come in every day or once a week, whatever their schedule is in terms of treatments, Correct. they'll be able to do that right here. They, they do that already here now, right. but unfortunately,
6: as you mentioned, the numbers are growing uh, rapidly, and we need, need to, to, accommodate, to more. Accommodate, uh, accommodate more of these. So this
0: foods. is what we would call the priority now. This is, it is again one
6: of the priorities because, as uh, Professor Marine mentioned before, we are always trying to to meet needs, and we are right. trying to expand according to to uh, to the problems within the community and and every day basically there is something new just only yesterday for instance we opened uh, a new uh, imaging center that is linked to the emergency room so now we have a CT and we've got two x-ray rooms that are linked to the emergency room so instead of having to to take a patient from the emergency room to this CT suite which is on the same floor but f- quite further quite far away they will now be able just to cross the corridor and have the treatment have the and people don't realize the, 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 the what kind of advantage that and is it's a tremendous right? advantage because when we today have the largest emergency room in the city we need Shh. to cut down on times unfortunately and this is yet another attempt to make it a little
0: easier for the patient who is at in our uh, emergency room. Unbelievable. Uri Schwartz is with us, Director of Resource Development. All right. We talk about resources. You agree with me that there's a big shout-out for the American Jewish community, right? A lot of great resources and support comes from the USA.
6: Definitely. And we are very, very thankful to our American friends of TEDek. We are thankful to our dear colleagues in New York and also I would like to take the pleasure of wishing Rachel <laughs> wolf a on this fantastic day uh, and on her birthday uh, and we are, I'm glad to say that we work hand in hand with our American uh, our American committee and our American friends and uh, without their help we wouldn't be able to do what we are doing here okay. so they're an important player with that said I would like them all to move here one day <laughs> amen and and,
0: and, uh, and, uh, and bring the support to for sorry bring them. the
6: support <laughs> I tell with them here because this is the country here we are home this is jerusalem
0: it is amazing w- walking the halls of uh, Shared tzedek and seeing how many names some iconic names other uh, maybe not as well known uh, from the american jewish community and obviously other communities around the world who are so supportive of the hospital it has become uh, really an international center and it's funny that uh, not every hospital not every institution has that same mazel.
6: Correct. Okay. We even have names here of, of some uh, famous non-Jewish Americans. I'm sure you've heard about a person by the name of Donald Trump who's got yes. two plaques in the building Isn't he uh, as a donor to the hospital. So so we also have uh, have friends from outside the community. And, uh, and we're always happy for every help we can get because as Ofer spoke about before, uh, the, we are not a governmental entity here. And, and we're really... Whatever we do here, we do that based on donations. I mentioned before the Radiotherapy Center. That's right. a $15 million dollar project. Wow. And it all has to come from donations.
0: Uh, is there a price tag on the Cancer Center? Is there an estimate of what that's going to cost to, uh, to completely produce?
6: There is not a final estimate yet because it's only going to be the second stage after we finish the right. Radiotherapy. But we are talking somewhere in the vicinity uh, of, of $75 million for that second stage. Right. Uh, that's uh, without the parking lot uh, that's the without there. the parking lot yes <laughs> uh, so um, so you know it's it never a dull moment and then you
0: know we try harder like but the like bo- but the bottom line is that for those tens of millions of dollars, you get to save lives every single day. Every
6: single day, and I feel fortunate, even though that I'm not a medicine man, right. but you might call me a paper pusher if you wish. <laughs> I feel fortunate to be able to help uh, in uh, in uh, in helping people who are sick, people who need us, people need our help, and everybody today in Jerusalem and today also outside Jerusalem, they're fully aware of the fact that chaitetik is is the address is the place where they can get the help and we as we are now in for for, for a new era with professor levy not gone but he is left as uh, he's left uh, as the director general he continued to work for us here we continue to be in the building every week he'll continue to hopefully help us to raise funds and to develop the hospital he'll continue to perform as a physician uh, but it's a new era there's a new there's a new man in in, in, in head in charge <laughs> and we and, uh, and we all looking forward to seeing and I think that the consensus here in the building certainly is that I was the very best choice and we are thankful for the board for for having elected uh, Professor Marin as our new director, I General. know that
0: Professor Halevi is very thankful that uh, that professor that, that Professor Marin is following him so definitely. Tadara uh, Balakha
6: Always uh, wonderful know, to see you. It's good to have you. You know, two two years ago we got uh, the JCI accreditation to have an Nachum Siegel show here. That's <laughs> almost <laughs> almost on the same level of of, of uh, you have appro- our stamp. stamp of approval. No, I was just to say you have our stamp
0: of approval. What's more valuable yeah. than that? And by the way, this area that they've redone—it's beautiful. It's beautiful, but it's it's
6: not good for my uh, <laughs> for my weight because there's both burgers and coffee and cakes, and
0: that's no good in the long run. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, for everybody else, they seem to That's enjoy a, it. <laughs> Thank you very much. much. Good too. More coming up on H.A.M. and the A.M. Wednesday. We are live. We are live and in person at Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem as we continue on this, uh, on this Wednesday broadcast. This time each and every Monday through Thursday, Rabbi David Goldwasser. His words are of and Beel of and Zechinishmas Esther Bas, Beel Seval Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning chizuk. Good morning.
12: We're going to be continuing with our series on Chinuch education. The author of Kelm used to interpret the Posuk, Chanoich Lenar Al Pi that even when a person gets older and he has no one to educate him, he should continue to be Mechanich himself. He should give himself Musar. The Gemari in Ksubis tells us about Yoshovet HaMelech. When the Melech used to see a Tamun he would stand up from his throne, he would hug him and kiss him, he would call him Rebi Rebi, Murray, Murray. We see from this, that even when he was older, and had already had the honor of the kingdom, with all of this, he was still Mechabit Tamide Chachomim. he gave honor to Torah scholars. We don't find there was another person giving him Musar, we must say therefore, that he gave himself Musar all of his days. In the Sheles and Shuvasheim Shal, it says that we learn from here that if a person would be sitting holding the Sefer Torah and his Rebbe would walk in front of him, if there's no place to rest the Sefer, a person would have to stand, even if it means that the Sefer Torah will also stand. Where do we see this from? From Yehoshaphat HaMelech. We know that a Melech has the Sefer Torah continually in his hand, yet... We see that he stood up for the Tamur Chokhom. Hagon Rav Shon Shvadron was a Mashkiach in Yeshiva Tiferest Tzvi. The Yeshiva once had the great privilege that the Zekanba Musar, Hagon Rav Elia Lopian, came to visit. He gave a shear for the bochrim of the Yeshiva. Just as Rav Lopian was about to open the door to leave, Rav Shvadron lay down on the floor. The Talmidim didn't know what was going on. Rav Shvajan should do such a thing? After the great going left, Rav Shvajan went to the Bim and said, I will explain to you my actions. Chazal tell us, "Beve mizabek ba'afrag in the dust of their feet. It's not metaphorical. It's not allegorical. It is real Torah chinuch. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizek. Have a nice day.
0: with Sandy Shmueli. Sim Shalom is the name of that one. We're at Sharetzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. We're having an amazing visit as always. Uh, we, this is part of our incredible week on the road in Israel. NSN, the Nahum Network on the road in Israel, is sponsored by Aaron's Casino Farms in Queens. Make sure to take Aaron's Casino Farms on the road with you this Pesach for all your Pesach needs. Tomorrow we'll be broadcasting from the Inbal Hotel. Make sure to be tuned in between 6 and 9 Eastern time. Friday back in the studio at JM in the AM. And don't forget, Sunday afternoon, excuse me, we broadcast from the mega event with Nefesh Benefesh. It's happening in Teaneck, New Jersey at the Marriott Glen Point. If you haven't yet registered for the mega event to learn more and more about Aliyah, uh, go to nbn.org slash mega, nbn.org slash mega. Dr. Panina Moore is with us. Uh, she's founder and coordinator of the No-Go Program and Clinic. It is a multidisciplinary, one-stop clinic for healthy women who are BRCA mutation carriers and provide services to coordinate the complex care these women need. Dr. Panina Moore, shalom and welcome to JM in the AM.
13: Hi, welcome to Israel.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you for having us here at the beautiful Shari Tzedek Medical Center. Okay, uh, I gave a... One-sentence explanation, but I'll ask you for a more comprehensive explanation of what the No-Go program and clinic is.
13: You said it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me tell you how it got started. I'm a nurse midwife. Right. Uh, women at the time approached me with all kinds of issues, not just pregnancies, but women's health. Yeah. And at the time, um, there was one woman especially that came up to me and said, can you helped me so much when I had my babies. And pregnancies and miscarriages helped me now. My mother died of ovarian cancer. My sister has breast cancer. And we were all tested and we're carriers. She came to me because she knew I had a family that had cancers at the time. And I said, okay. And then I decided the only way to help people is to prove a need. So I did my PhD. And through my PhD, I um, interviewed many, many women. It was a qualitative research. And the result was the need for a uh, one-stop shop for women that are carriers that they can do all their screening at one place and not run around through, through the health funds. One woman, made a, she added up, it took her 22 days to run through the different uh, clinics to get what she needed, and those are all her vacation days.
0: Because they're taking how many tests or doing how many screenings? So I
13: mean, I'll explain. Women that are carriers are recommended to do breast imaging, which includes MRI, um, mammogram, ultrasound, clinical exam, plus pelvic uh, imaging, which is... That's five right there. And blood work. There's a lot involved. So um, I approached Zedek. I've been here for a very long time. I studied nursing in Zedek, And uh, Professor Alevi and Professor uh, Efrat Levi-Lahad they had a vision that it would work, and they got it going. And 2007, in September, we started.
0: Which means now that any woman who knows or... or
13: Anyone can come from all through the country, not just Jerusalem.
0: Right, understood. Any, any woman any in woman the country... Any woman who's a
13: healthy carrier or has had breast cancer in the past and is healthy today. Right. And I have over 1,000 women. We don't just give them screening. We're with them. I mean, midwife. Midwife means to be Support, with. Support, right in anything they need
0: and uh, excuse my ignorance thank god that i have on this issue but um do, are these screenings then done again at some t- point every later? S-
13: every six months oh a woman gosh, comes wow. twice a year every six months for one day so you're right that everything. would have
0: taken all their vacation time if they're going to different facilities here as you said it's one stop under one roof and they're able to take care of it immediately you know it's funny this is a this this is this, this is taking a serious problem in that it's taking up so much time and it's coming up with a practical answer to it which what i'm saying is this is not an emergency and then you know and we're responding in a medical fashion it's really responding in a practical fashion to make this as easy as possible and it's an easy
13: it's an easy solution we were the first in israel and i think one of the first in the world and since then there are other clinics that have similar things that have opened throughout israel and in the states
0: and uh, they're all Replicating what gyrocytic has done. Correct. Uh, do these screenings increase as we learn more and more about these you know, carriers and, 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 and these cancers and potential cancers in general? Are there more tests that get added or different things that, uh, that the, the women uh, have yeah. to go through?
13: Basically not yet. Uh, they're looking for some kind of a screening test for pancreatic cancer. We haven't come up with a screening test that's not invasive. And uh, in the meantime, we follow the international guidelines, right. and this is what we do. There's a blood test, and as I said, the different imaging. And thank God, if we found cancer, we found it at a very, very early stage, and these women are today healthy and back in the clinic.
0: I can imagine. I would assume that, uh, that when that happens, there are plenty of doctors and good people in this building that you're able to recommend. For sure. And that, that department, of course, is well known for, uh, for being there. Uh, in every uh, in every which way for those who are suffering, uh, God forbid. Um, Dr. Pina Moore is with us, a nurse and midwife, and we are discussing the NOGA program. Why is it called NOGA, by the way?
13: <laughs> NOGA means radiation, ah. uh, like radiate, beauty, you know, and uh, light. So the idea is that in Hebrew, it's uh, women that are at high risk. Nashim besikun gavoha. And somebody chose the name. It's not named after anyone. It just—it's <laughs> a nice name. Wasn't me who chose it, but it's so good. It works.
0: Uh, okay. Any woman in Israel can take advantage of this service. I assume yes. they just contact your department in Shiretate. <laughs>
13: They—they call a mobile number and speak to me or to our secretary, and we set up an appointment according to her needs. Right. And we also follow through if they decide to do any preventive surgeries. Meaning if they do risk-reducing mastectomy with or without uh, reconstruction, right. removal of the ovaries at a very early age, those are part of the recommendations, then we follow through with hormone replacement. And so there are women there from-
0: making important decisions like this constantly. Yes. Um, and it, it, if, um, if someone is in fact a carrier, is there a percentage or a guarantee, or not necessarily a guarantee, that their daughters will be carriers??
13: of their children could be carriers, not just girls. Men carry the mutation as well. And that as well could lead to cancer, obviously. There's also that we offer in Shari Tzedek in vitro with pre-implantation genetic diagnosis where they can check the embryo before transferring it back. If the embryo carries the mutation, then they won't put it back.
0: Unbelievable. I'll tell you, just incredible. Dr. Penina Moore, Tadaraba. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you. Unbelievable what's happening, not just Shari Tzedek, but in general with medicine and science. It's incredible what God has given uh, the experts, the scientists and doctors in these fields uh, to be able to do at this point. Just incredible. Dash um, we're sending warm wishes from Jerusalem to the CFO of the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. at Sammy Tachman, wishing him the best. He is, of course, an integral part of everything that the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center does. And we say shalom and Kham from all of us here at JM in the AM. Uh, Avram Fried is next. You're listening to our show from Shari Tzedek at JM in the AM. <laughs>
13: Take a show Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
4: Hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah. 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 I ha hai koi lan shomon shomon
0: Rogers Park, wrapping up our music segment here at Shiretsedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. Uh, those of you just tuning in, we have an amazing week here in Israel. And today, Wednesday, we're at Shiretsedek Medical Center. Earlier, we wished Mazal Tov and spoke with the uh, brand new director general, uh, Professor Ofer Merin, uh, here at Shiretsedek. And now we get to speak to one of the most important people. At Shari Tzedek Medical Center, and I'll tell you why I say that in a moment. Dr. Chen Sella is senior obstetrician here at Shari Tzedek Medical Center. Shalom. Shalom. Uh, Welcome to the show, and thank you for having us here. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. The reason I say that you must be among the most important people at Shari Tzedek is because one of the pieces of news that we are treated to on a regular basis is the number of babies that are being born at Charitetic Medical Center. And if that achievement is being trumpeted worldwide on a consistent basis, I guess you, as a senior obstetrician, has to be given credit. So mm. Mazal on that.
14: Thank you. Indeed, it's a very uh, rewarding work I to imagine. deliver so many babies, healthy babies, most of the times. And I'm very privileged to work at Charitetic, such a place that uh, feels like home after being here for six years now. Um, tremendous work from the entire team the physicians, the nurses, the midwives everybody works over here it's a great thing to do can I assume
0: that the department continues to grow and that whatever figure we're told 22,000 or whatever the accurate figure is right now only Baruch Hashem goes up every single year
14: Mm -hmm. so yes we are rising of course it's easier to rise from 5,000 to (laughs) 7,000 annually it's harder to rise from you know 21 to 22 and so forth but we're doing that and I think that means that women are happy and they're coming back and not just they're coming back they're referring friends and family to deliver here as well. So that's a good thing.
0: Does your staff have to increase because of the increase of babies being born?
14: We're always looking for good recruits. It's hard to find good doctors that are willing to spend, you know, days and nights delivering, uh, wearing, and uh, trying to to do the best that we can t- uh, for these women and kids. Right. But definitely, we do that
0: by our um, by our simple math. Uh, we came up with a number somewhere between sixty and seventy a day that are being born. Would that be around the uh, the right number?
14: Yes, yeah, so if you combine both uh, units, we have the the main campus over here at the uh, Beit Vagan, right. Shari Tzedek, and you have the campus from uh, Merkaz downtown in Jerusalem, Bikur Holim, what's used to be called, right. then yes, definitely you're right The numbers. I must tell you that when I came back after doing my fellowship and working at Columbia Presbyterian in New York, and the first shift I took over here and we had I think twenty babies in eight hours. I was like, "Oh my God! I have to! I have to! I have to text it to my you <laughs> know colleagues? my colleagues in <laughs> Colombia. They wouldn't believe me." And uh, it's amazing.
0: <laughs> and that number keeps going up. Uh, speaking with Dr. Ched Sela, senior obstetrician here at Charite Medical Center, uh, and one of the interesting uh, um, uh, factors. When it comes to your department, not that I would know this firsthand, but I am a father of children, is that you don't know, and nobody really knows, if that woman is going to need 20 to 30 hours before that baby shows up, or 20 to 30 minutes before that baby shows up.
14: So we're very fortunate. We're attending every woman that comes in. We try to attend it as soon as we can. There are, you know, triage area where nurse sees her first time, and if we think that she's in really active labor, then she's attending faster and she's being evaluated and assessed. And if she is in labor, she's been moved to labor and delivery where we attend her, help her deliver the way she wants. If she's an epidural, we have an amazing anesthesia staff that are available 24-7 to give patients, you know, women uh, epidurals for her labor pain. If it's more of a latent phase and it's an early pregnancy, then we have also, a, a, that's one of the unique f- places in the world that we have a complementary medicine we have a um, acupuncture over here in Sedek on the house. As
0: a pain remedy?
14: As a pain remedy, as something to relax. Uh, uh, sometimes we use it even during labor to help women go into labor. So it's, it's one of the unique institutions in the world, I would say, that gave it, you know... On the house for the women right. and, and, and helps them. And
0: not to seem too obvious, but a licensed acupuncturist is is there on the spot to do this. Yeah. So pr-
14: we, unfortunately, we're not covered twenty four seven by this for timing. But it's I available think, at times. Uh,
0: definitely. Oh, so you, th- you think of innovative ideas to help the women along, huh?
14: Yeah. You know, you have to keep up with what women want. We recently had uh, what we call a friendly cesarean section. Also, a woman that gave birth three times, uh, two times in our hospital, one time she gave birth, uh, by, by a C section. At uh, Toronto, because she was there overseas for family reasoning. Right. And she came to me during the, the early pregnancy. and She said, listen, you know, I know you call it cesarean section, but I'm referring to the cesarean delivery. I said, sure, that's, you know, fine. It's right. delivery and I agree with you. And she said, well, I'd, l- I'd like to do it as friendly as I can. I said, what do you mean by that? She said, I want to be able to see the birth. Right. So. Usually when a person has a, a surgery, you put a curtain up so they Correct. won't see the, the process of the surgery. Correct. So the curtain was up until the time you know everything was ready for the birth. Then the curtain went down. We still kept the sterility of the, the area of the, the operation, of this, the section, by using a... a, a um, a curtain that is... Uh, See-through. Yes, you can see through. Uh, the woman had a, a, a glove. She was right. gloved, and uh, you know, she participated in the surgery. I had her hand. She held the baby's head throughout the delivery from the abdomen, and then the baby was on her belly. She had her hand on the belly on the baby for a minute so the cord could keep on pumping and give the baby more iron for him. So it was a very moving uh, thing. Because
0: you believe it's the least you could do for the mother. <laughs> yes, you After know. everything she's been through, no, she's
14: been through. That's her baby. That's how she of wants it. it. Does not jeopardize the process. So I think safety, mothers and baby safety are, you know, out and first most things that we have to consider and to be in charge of. And you know, we, the fact that we're doing so many deliveries and there's so many things over here does not uh, our outcomes. On the first line with other centers in the world.
0: Uh, it's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world and the web, and on the web at on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Dr. Sella is with us. How long have you been senior obstetrician here?
14: So I have been. Um, I did my training in, in ADASA Medical Center. Then I moved to do a fellowship program in what we call Maternal Fetal Medicine in the United States at Columbia Presbyterian in New York. I've been working there for 3 years. I was offered a position which I took for a year. And then eventually you have to decide where you want to live, raise your kids and we decided to come back. I met uh, amazing Professor Samuelov overseas in the states and he uh, you know easily convinced me to come over here. And I've been here almost 6 years now and I do not regret it. I'm happy that I can implement, you know, what I've learned, you know, previously in other places, especially in New York uh, over here. Um, for example, we're talking about the uh, now evolving fetal field of uh, fetal therapy. Uh-huh. So just today, I saw two patients that had, you know, fetal complications that you diagnose in utero. And you have to decide, do they need to have medical treatment? Can we still observe them? And you need to know that you have to do these things if you think they're going to improve baby's outcome. So in in the
0: traditional uh, uh, use of the word therapy, literally intervening somehow with that fetus to give them the therapeutic care they need to improve.
14: Exactly. So for example, one of the, you know, if you don't intervene, patient might, you know, baby might die in utero. Right. And if one baby dies, it, you know, if you're talking about twin pregnancies, that it might jeopardize the other's twin's condition. Or if you want to intervene, the heart will keep on growing and you know push, and the baby will have, will suffer from a, a congestive heart problem and might die as well. Or you'll deliver him in a in a, a position where you know which will treat him outside of uterus will be even more difficult. So you have indications that are growing nowadays to treat babies in utero, but in order to do that, you you have to be able to have a, a diagnostic team. And we have a, a fabulous diagnostic team over here, by, led by Dr. Owechen. And uh, the team includes many doctors and technicians, ultrasound technicians are doing a fabulous job in, in diagnosing problems. And then you have to sort out does this baby really need a treatment? Because each treatment they are giving has a potential risk as well. Right.
0: Implications have to be kept in mind.
14: Exactly. So you have to balance risks and benefits like Mm. you do in every field in medicine. Like with any patient. Exactly. Mm. And then you have to decide, do you really need to treat these patients, the baby? And sometimes the risk, you know, might be big for the mother, and you decide, I'm not going to do that.
0: Uh, Any mothers recently give birth to three, four, five at a time here at the hospital? That doesn't happen too often. It
14: happens. Fortunately, you know, we don't look at, you know, at times, we used to look at any pregnancy as success. Nowadays, right. we know that having a, a three or more babies are There's at a risk. Well, at right? risk, risk of prematurity, right. and prematurity has a long-term impact, aside from the short-term impacts. So, fortunately enough, our colleagues, the reproductive endocrinologists, are giving you know are attempting to give smaller and smaller amounts of like this. We do have them from time to time, but the number throughout Israel at all are low and also in Shavvei but we do have a, a number of a trio, a, a triplets babies a year, I would say, if I recall correctly, five or so a year. So I assume, you know, statistically, we, we, we should have done, should have had one over the last two months or so.
0: Right. One would think. Yes. <laughs> With your numbers, that's for sure. Well, Dr. Sela, a pleasure meeting you.
14: Thank you very much. Thank
0: you very much for thank being here. Thank
14: you for here. having me. A pleasure. And
0: continued by tov on all these amazing births that keep happening 60, 70 times a day.
14: I'm sure there was a baby that was delivered <laughs> during our speak. That's true, by <laughs> the way.
0: I wonder who the lucky doctor was. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Dr. Ched Sela, senior obstetrician here, the person to speak. To about uh, the statistic that Shari Tzedek is most known for, and that is the number of babies born per year at this hospital. Unbelievable. Uh, Love visiting Shari Tzedek, a big part of our trip to Israel. A big uh, reminder that NSN, the Nahum Single Network on the road in Israel, is brought to you by Aaron's Casino Farms. Make sure to take Aaron's Casino Farms on the road with you this Pesach for all of your Pesach needs. More coming up at JM and the AM. Thanks for keeping it here, everybody. We have more guests who are going to be joining us. Uh, keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs> morning, live from Shari Tzedek Medical Center, part of our journey to Israel. Josh Strahl is with us. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Eight years ago, you had open heart surgery here at Shari Tzedek Medical Center. Correct. Would you mind, because I think it's important for the story, letting us know how old you were when you had that surgery?
15: I almost turned 50 right before the surgery. Uh, Actually, now it's
0: nine years ago. Um, Almost turned 50 just before the surgery. And at that time, yes. before the surgery, were mm. you described as active? Were you athletic? Were you running, jumping? What were you doing? I was not particularly
15: athletic. Uh, I was fit from work. I work as a plumber. Mm. So I was physically fit. But I wasn't into running or um, organized sports or was, mountain climbing was, was, or anything was, else. Was
0: this... Was this uh, uh, a surprise, and I say it like that because some people, you know, are constantly aware of the fact that they have a heart disease problem and that, God forbid, down the road there may be a more serious problem. Did this come out of nowhere, so to speak, for you?
15: Yes, this was a big surprise. Um, I had caught strep A, streptococcus A, in my blood. I didn't know about it, and my doctor sent me directly to Shari Hospital over here.
0: For what we would call a strep infection. Oh, well,
15: yes, but the strep wasn't in my throat anymore. It got into my body, into my blood. And most people don't realize that strep A is deadly. So he sent me directly to the hospital, and infectious diseases over here in Shari Tzedek had me in for 17 days on four IVs, saving my life. So actually, Shari Tzedek saved my life twice. So um, when they were, when I was here, they said strep A go- is known to damage the heart. We're sending you for a heart scan uh, called the TEE. Right. And they did it, and they go like, yes, your mitral valve has been affected. It's in bad shape. You need a valve replacement? I need, I need surgery. They, didn't say, they said, I met with the surgeon, he said it could be replacement, it could be repair. We don't know. The sooner you get it done, the better your options are. So a year later, I came in, and uh, I said, okay, we're going to do this. Sat down, spoke about the plumbing part of this with them, and what my options were. And as it turned out... One of my surgeons, I had two uh, heart surgeons, one of them was Dr. Danny Fink, he was in Gush with me.
0: Yeah, I know Danny, Scranton, Pennsylvania.
15: Yes, uh, he was in Gush with me. And uh, he was uh, one of my surgeons, and uh, they ended up doing a repair, so I
0: am all factory original. (laughs) (laughs) The warranty was good. Uh,
15: I have a lifetime warranty
0: on this valve. Uh, All this happens uh, nine years ago, as you described, and... You you felt even though again this is not something that uh, very often you know with heart disease and then a subsequent mm-hmm. attack whatever it is people feel like oh I'm not I have not been taking care of yourself this came out of nowhere and in theory could could have happened to anybody like this could happen but, but nonetheless psychologically mm-hmm. it took a toll on you and you felt that this was like physically speaking the the lowest of the low would that be a way of putting it yes because
15: after I was out of surgery I was fit beforehand, even right. though I wasn't in right. organized sports. Right. right. I was fit and I was so weak I could barely get out of bed. Right. I was incredibly weak. And then like, this isn't me, this isn't me. Like fight it, fight it, fight it. This is not me and I was getting pretty depressed about this because I can stand up by myself, I can lift my toolboxes. Now I can't even get out of bed. And I walked over to the door of my hospital room and I'm leaning against the door. And uh, the nurse comes over to me and says, do you want a wheelchair? It's like, no way. I'm not getting into a wheelchair. And I look down the hallway, and there's a window, 50 meters, it's 150 from feet. From where you're standing. From where I'm standing. So I go, I'm going to make it to that window. That window is my finish line. I'm going to get there. And I did it. And that was my first finish line. And then after I got out of the hospital... I was in uh, cardio rehab, which is required afterwards to get you into shape. And I started hitting fi- cardio rehab with a vengeance. Like, I am going to get strong. I'm going to get strong again. I'm going to build it back. And up came the, the first Jerusalem marathon. That was the first year they were having in 2011. And I go over to my rehab physiologist. and go, I want to do that. And he says, okay, run and walk. Take it easy. I think that you can do it. So that was the first time I ever stepped onto a race course. I'm standing over there. I go, look, I don't belong here. These guys are amazing. (laughs) They look like marathons. (laughs) (laughs) What am I doing here? And that was the first time I stepped onto a race course. Now, next week is the Jerusalem Marathon. Right. That will be my 30th marathon. Unbelievable. And that will be running.
0: Unbelievable! And you've done New York, obviously. No. Oh, you haven't done New York? No.
15: I, I've done Hawaii, Maui. Wow. Right? And um, and Jerusalem every year since Every year I run for Shari Tzedek. I am so happy to represent them and to help them in any way that I can. Um, I wear their shirts during ultra-marathons, during
0: 100-mile races. Where do those uh, take place, 100-mile races?
15: Um, there are uh, up north. They're near Yokna'am. How we long are? does
0: it take to complete 100 miles?
15: Um, world-class would be 24 hours or sub-24. I'm not world-class yet. <laughs> All right? I, I'm not there. I hope to one day get to that level, but it, it takes me quite a bit longer than
0: that. So it's a lot more than uh, 50 meters, huh?
15: Oh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am not What an accomplishment I'm not particularly fast But I can go For a very Very long time And I am so happy With all the care That I got In this hospital And what The doctor said to me Is Shardzidik is known as The hospital with a heart Right and
0: it really is. Uh, they, and it gave you a new heart. Yeah, they, they gave me a second chance. The um and, and the clock means nothing to you next Friday, right? It's, it's, it doesn't mean anything. You want the no. finish line. You know, just the finish. You wouldn't even look at the clock if it wasn't if it wasn't up there when you. Uh, crossed if it if
15: I wasn't up there, just knowing that I crossed the finish line and I did it with this shirt, which I'm wearing in front of you, uh, for Shari Tzedek. Just knowing that I did it is awesome. It's amazing. I, I love it. I'm not... I have an agreement with the Kenyans, though. <laughs> What's that? <All> right? I <laughs> promised I will not get in their way, and they're not going to slow me down. <laughs> right? We, we say, You keep up to the front. I keep in the back. Even right? in Jerusalem, yeah, Kenya yeah, dominates,
0: huh? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, yeah they're, they're amazing. Josh Stroll is with us. Now, you did something unique. Um, if, not, if, if these 100-mile races, marathons, uh, and, and all this is not enough... Mm-hmm. To prove to yourself that you are, you're back after this experience at Shari Tzedek. Uh You went ahead and you, um, uh, you climbed. Where am I here? Where's my? Oh, here it is. Um, you return to work in the plumbing business every year, August the thirtieth. Mm-hmm. You celebrate your anniversary of your surgery as if it's my a birthday. birthday. Yes. Last year, Josh decided to climb a Kilimanjaro. Correct. That's Africa's tallest mountain. Yes, it is. At its peak, he held up Shari Tetteh's flag and explained, "This was my way of showing my appreciation that I am alive." Mm-hmm. Uh, Kilimanjaro is how many feet in the air? Nineteen thousand three hundred and forty-one feet. Takes how long to get to the top? Uh,
15: it took us six and a half days. To six and, half days, uh, yeah, six yeah, and a half days. Yeah, there's plenty of camping in between, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, one day while well, Shabbos we don't move. Right, right. But uh, other than that, it was uh, about six and a half days up, a day and a half down. Who's the we? You went uh, with who? I went with a team of 17 people. And we were doing it, I, as, as I was going in to pick up uh, the race kit for Jerusalem Marathon, there was a sign for Shalva, which is next right. door. Sure. And uh, they said, uh, fire and ice, a, a bike trek, a mountain bike trekking in Iceland, and climb Kilimanjaro. And I go, they both sound great. There's a challenge. I do it for charity. I love what I'm doing, what I can do for charity. I said, sounds like a great challenge. Let's Even take if it, it takes
0: up. six and a half days to climb.
15: Yeah. It sounds like a great great opportunity for me
0: to do something awesome for charity. Is one in great danger when they do a climb like that? No. Everything's taken care of. You have what you need. and Everything is taken care fo- of. Just follow the,
15: directions. If you follow the directions and you take your time going up over there, you'll be able to acclimate. So if you take like six and a half days getting up there, you have 98% chance of... The tallest
0: mountain in uh, Europe is... Elbrus. And where's that located? That's on the border of Georgia and Russia. All right. And you do plan on climbing that mountain? Yes, I do. Which is approximately how many feet? Oh, about 18 plus. So about 50% the, more of a distance than the Kilimanjaro.
15: Yeah. It, it, is,
0: it is tall. And all mm. of this because you like to celebrate the fact that not only did Shari Tzedek um, save you in terms mm-hmm. of your heart, but they saved you in terms of your life. They gave me a second chance on life. Unbelievable. They really really did. You've taken this to the extreme, you know. (laughs) Yes, I I mean, there are a lot of ways. You know, you can write a check to Shari Tenek also, you know what I mean? Come on. (laughs) I I, I take
15: uh, my wife says I'm either type A or type Z. Either I don't pay attention
0: or, like, I am all in, all the way in. Well, in this case, you are all in, to say the least. Josh Stroll, you look for him on the course of the Jerusalem Marathon a week from Friday. Um, and uh, he'll be completing that marathon like he has the uh, 29 prior ones after this experience nine years ago at Shari Tzedek Medical Center. You've inspired us this morning, and I thank, thank you. you for that.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Josh. My pleasure.
0: A pleasure to meet you. Uh, we said, we heard it would be a great story, and sure enough, it was <laughs> a great story. More coming up. JM and the M live from Shari Tzedek Medical Center on a Wednesday. Keep it right here at the Malcolm Stegall Network, everybody.
10: Yerushalayim All sasson and all joy All chassan, kala All chassan, kala Yehuda, צריך <דואת> דאגות על המחר קצת לא בטוח השכנים מרישים לא צריך לדור <דואת> והלחת בתפישים אז גם לפעל, תעצור, תמשיך <דואת>
0: A.m. We're live from Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem, an amazing week, NSN on the Road, brought to you by Aaron's Casino Farms. Make sure to take Aaron's Casino Farms on the road with you this Pesach for all your Pesach needs. We're in Yerushalayim, where there's a marathon a week from Friday. That's right, the Jerusalem Marathon is coming up. Efrat Hazan is here, physiotherapist here at the Shari Tzedek Medical Center in, um, in Jerusalem. First of all, shalom to you. Thank you Hi, for being here. Thank
3: you. Uh,
0: you have a marathon coming up next Friday.
3: Yeah, we which, have. <laughs> which means
0: a lot of people are trying to train to make sure that they they run the marathon and don't get injured or hurt themselves, right? But, there yeah. are a lot of things people can do to take precautions to make sure they do things safely, right?
3: Yeah, we what, are.
0: What would be some of your recommendations?
3: Uh, <laughs> okay, first, do it safely. Uh, do it um, the wrong w- the the right way. Yeah. Not the wrong way. Um, be sure that you are well trained and not um, challenging your body at the moment. Uh, Which is not good. And uh, basically, that's it.
0: You don't want your body to do something it can't do.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Or don't try new things on the marathon day.
0: Right. Uh, And also, they should spend some time. I don't know if now, you know, just a few days before Mm -hmm. would be a good time to start, but people should spend some time, you know, over a period of months. Doing some proper training, yeah, and stretching yeah. things out, right? This is the type of things you always yeah, recommend. Yeah, making sure their limbs and their tendons and everything is is the way they should be, yeah. right?
3: Getting warm up, um, having enough water. Oh, eat that's properly. An important. One. That's yeah. an important one. That helps okay. against cramps and all that, right? Yeah. So yeah. many things people have to keep in
0: mind. Sometimes, I thi- sometimes I think it's easier just not to run the marathon instead, <laughs> of, instead of having to go through all those procedures beforehand,
16: uh. um,
0: and then. If in fact something does happen on the course, or if something happens in regular life for people, you're around to help them recover from those injuries, right? Uh, yeah. What are some That's of the typical things that happen? I mean, there's sprains and things like that that you know affect people. But what else happens to people on the marathon course?
3: Um, sprains uh, is yeah, it's very common. But yeah. also we see some stress injuries um, um, in. Very not not rare, but it's not very common. Also, fractures, right. also, um, yeah.
0: Sometimes, yeah. even fractures when people don't realize they have it, right? Um, yeah, so that, that, is, that is that is a
3: stress fracture, yeah, okay. which causes after um, a very long and, and ongoing stress. And uh, yeah, that, that's what happened.
0: Efrat, ha- Efrat Hazan is with us. Yeah. Your department in the hospital must be among the most active departments. And I say it that way that's because. True. Is om- I mean, not every patient, but in so many departments, such a large number of patients need some type of physical therapy just to get back to themselves, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah, I'm here to tell what we do here in Charat Please.
0: Please.
3: Um, so, uh, our department is basically, uh, most of our work is in the wards here in the hospital. Right. And um, um, who, who who among you that knows the hospital know that there is lots of departments here. Um Various kinds of patients, various kinds of treatments, uh, various kinds of problems also, um, and we t- take care for almost every patient here. Um, most of the most of the treatment is respiratory for respiratory function, but we also have a great fo- focus on general function, which we know that people after long hospitalization, or even not so long, it's enough just to have. To be three five days inside the bed, to to, to get to get your function. Um, Hard to get back on your feet. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So there we are. We step in there um, and we help people to get to be fully or most fully active, mostly most independent that they can. Um, and uh, we work through all of the arts from the NICU the uh, neonates. You do work with the babies. Yeah, we also work with neonates. Yeah, wow. we're doing we're doing lots of respiratory t- treatments here. We help them to improve the function of the lungs because we know that they burn with a um, not well. Right. Uh, uh, they need to build up the strength yeah. in their lungs, right? Um, we work with the geriatrics. Uh, we work in the surgery uh, ward. We work in the. Um, in the children, the whole children department. Um, we also in the internal medicine wards, the maternity ward. Uh, we give guidance for women after birth to get back and uh, improve the pelvic floor region function, which we know that sometimes may be hurt after right. birth.
0: You know, one of the differences I think, not that I'm, I'm, I'm an expert in this, but I, I'm an observer, one of the differences between now and years ago is that this type of physical therapy starts immediately. It used to be, I think, that people might it might be acceptable for them to be in their bed for a day or a day and a half. Now you want them out of that bed almost immediately after surgery, yeah. if possible.
3: Yeah, immediately, not almost immediately. <laughs> not even almost yeah. immediately,
0: but immediately. <laughs> yeah, we used
3: to say we used to say that uh, days ago, people used to say, um, give them a break. Go, right? Yeah, go have a bed rest. Now we right. we know that it's a bad rest. Okay. Oh nice. So, Bed rest
0: has now become bad rest. I yeah, like that.
3: It, and, it, and it really is. And we know that also with pain and with difficult and with everything going on, and it also have the emotional and social and so many impacts on someone's life when he gets in the hospital, and we know how much is it important to. Um, get inter- get the intervention of physiotherapy as immediately as, as they can and as we can.
0: Wow, it's unbelievable what you do. Now, there are a couple of situations that are really, that, that, that unfortunately transform someone's life in a second. I assume you work with stroke victims. Yeah. And they, some of them could be in a very serious physical situation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure you've seen miracles. People who over months progress nicely, right? Would that be a good way of putting it? Where yeah. they've at least gotten back some function, their arms and legs and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh and then the other one that comes to mind is spinal cord injuries where people may have lost almost all function. Mm-hmm. But again, with your help, there is some hope, correct?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And we see it, uh I mean I mean the, the rehabilitation progress is might be long. Most of the time it, right. it is it takes time. It's and a it long takes patience. Yeah. yeah. And and it's a long road. And uh we have, OK, the main, the main, uh, the main um, uh, uh, um, our main work here is to also to, to suit, to sit the, the, the patient the next, I mean, where next he will go out right. of there, his rehabilitation center. If it's rehabilitation in his house, mm-hmm. we do a whole assessment. We also consider the patient's will and the, what he wants to be with him. Um, and, and But, yeah, but we also see the, the very few steps, few first steps happens right here right. on the wards. And, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. It's very exciting for the patients to see himself getting up to his feet and see himself be able to do something which he thought he wouldn't.
0: You raise such an important point, though. There's only a limit to what you could do. You need the patient to really want to be motivated yeah. to get... Better as quickly as possible, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, but we also know how to, I mean...
0: To help motivate them? Yeah,
3: to help motivate them. We we know, I I, I guess so, to touch people. Um, We know where to press. We know to uh, pull the family in together. um, To take them into decisions and... um, get them to, to say the right words we want you to be home we want you to be back to yourself right. and uh, we also we guide them a lot through our work because we are here we given uh, uh we, we're getting to a patient once a day and we want him to work more than that so we're giving the family guidance how to exercise with him
0: and the more <laughs> the more therapy they get the more of a chance that they're gonna be able to reach that goal yeah uh, yeah. which, which is, uh, again, as you described earlier, such a, such a blessing when they're able to finally achieve that. <laughs> um, and it's really their only job, right? Patients should realize that that's the most important thing they could be doing right now is work on their physical therapy and get back to full strength. Everything else really has to be put to the side because that, that is the most important thing that they're doing right now. Yeah. Is working on their physical... Yeah. Uh, to I'm work on the
3: physical abilities yeah, right. to improve themselves. Um, we know that it's not... Um, i mean that that is the most wanted reality but we know that it's not happens a lot and we have the tools to work with it and alongside with it um, to do the best right. i mean to give our best you know yeah.
0: there's a team shared Tzedek, on uh, next friday right in the yeah. marathon yeah a lot of people are going to be running for Shari Tzedek. Yeah, for sure and we wish them the best of luck and they should have no injuries.
3: Thank you very much.
0: you. Efrat Khazan, thank you. It's a pleasure meeting you thank and you. continue your amazing you work in a great department here at Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. Uh, we have Dr. Giora Weiser with us live in our studio, our mobile studio here at Shari Tzedek Medical Center. Dr. Giora Weiser. Is director of the Glaubach Department of Pediatric <laughs> Emergency Medicine, which I am told that the Pediatric Emergency Room has just turned 10 years old. Yeah, Mazal tov yeah. on that. And uh, you must have <laughs> you must have a whole host of incredible stories from the Pediatric ER. I can only imagine uh, uh, how how often you and your staff have saved lives and have really stepped in at a very important part. In a uh, in a baby's or young person's life, so congratulations on that.
16: Well, we do our best, and right? thank you for joining us here today. How does a
0: pediatric ER differ from a regular emergency room?
16: Wow, um, here in Israel, it's a it's a whole different world to an extent. Um, the pediatric emergency departments in Israel today are basically run by historically were run by pediatricians. There were no emergency physicians there, and in the past. Uh, seven eight years the field of pediatric emergency pediatric emergency medicine has come in there's an official uh, fellowship and uh, most emergency department pediatric emergency departments in israel today have uh, specialists in pediatric emergency medicine which basically enabled us to really cover the entire field of emergency medicine um, if today in a lot of emergency departments adult emergency departments the patients are still split up into the surgical ward, right. the orthopedic, the uh, internal medicine, and things like that. In pediatrics, we basically cover everything in one shot. So, yeah, so our, bake, our day could be very busy running from a kid with a broken arm to some form of poisoning to a child who needs, if it's really bad resuscitation or any immediate medical you know, medical treatment.
0: And here at at Sedek they would they would literally show up to the emergency entrance, I assume, and then you would determine or your staff would determine this is obviously a candidate for the pediatric ER, and they uh, would take it from there. So
16: right now, today, anybody under the age of 18, your 18th birthday makes you have to suffer and go downstairs. Seriously? Yeah, till, the, till your 18th birthday, it doesn't matter what you have, ah. you show up by us. Um, everybody comes to the pediatric emergency department, and we see everything. That means no matter what, we're supposed to see everything, and we do our best, um, the Pediatric Emergency Department, it's, it's going to be its 11th year in a couple of months, right. um, has been around for a while, and it's been growing. It's, it's one of the fastest-growing emergency departments in Israel. Uh, we've moved from 2008, we're seeing annually around uh, 12,000 children, which is not a big number. Last year, we ended with 36,000. So within 10 years, we tripled our size. Uh, ending as the third biggest emergency department in Israel. A lot of children in Jerusalem, huh? Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the f- fastest growing populations in this country.
0: I can imagine. You're part of the uh, mobile team that went to places like Nepal? Yes. And yes. obviously with your expertise in pediatrics, again, you were solving these problems that the young people well, have. One
16: of the reasons that uh, Professor Marine asked me to go with them along for the for both missions to the Philippines and Nepal was because of the fact that he wanted a pediatric emergency physician and uh, I don't say no to anybody. So. <laughs>
0: What's that experience like?
16: <laughs> um, it's, the best I can say is interesting. It's not fun. It's a very hard experience. It's a, it's a very complicated experience. You see, um, you see how in different areas in the world, basically the vast majority of the population of the, wor- of the world doesn't enjoy the medicine that we all enjoy. Right. And you see how people are really left with nothing. And you have to help them deal with it. And you understand that you can't just give them the same medicine that you give here in Israel. I can't just tell them, "Oh, listen, you need an antibiotics for a week." If I want him to get antibiotics for a week, I have to give him the antibiotics for a week. Child with a fracture, I can't just tell them, "Oh, here's a cast, go home." They have no way of taking off that cast. They don't know who they don't have an orthopedist to follow up with. Um, and it causes a lot of uh obviously there are some very difficult medical cases, but also a lot of difficult ethical cases of whether or not uh to intervene or how much you can treat somebody, and including cases where you kind of make a decision that you're not going to treat somebody. Yeah,
0: you're making decisions usually in a very short period of time yep. in very trying circumstances, and you have to think of of what's going to be happening down the road, what the uh, ramifications of that decision is. The yeah. broken bone I, um, uh, that you mentioned, that's a very good example of it, right. uh, where if they're not going to be able to remove a cast, then you know, you're going to have to treat it differently. Right. And I would assume there are alternate methods of what to do with that case. Um, right?
16: Yeah. Yeah. Some fractures, you say, listen, it's, uh, in, in, a real, in the real normal world, I would just set the bone, I would put on a cast, he right. would follow up in a week or two, we'll see that it's standing okay. And sometimes in these cases, you look and you're like, listen, it's a decent angle. I'm going to leave it the way it is. And it'll heal. And it'll heal. Uh,
0: the point you mentioned earlier, I think, is one that's very important for this audience to know. I think we are spoiled at times with the <laughs> medical care that we have. I think we might, you might be able to say the same thing about this country, thank God that we're at a level here that is uh, very different than the rest of the world. And I think that that's something that we need to consider, especially as the medical industry, at least in the United States, is always under question. And we wonder whether we're getting the, you know, good enough care at, at a good enough price, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you have seen situations, not just Nepal, I'm sure you have other areas you've visited, yeah. uh, that mean d- d- <laughs> you can't even compare, you, it's impossible to compare uh, what they have in terms of supplies and know-how. And uh, you know, compared to what we have in the U.S.,
16: I know. Listen, in the end, everybody wants to do the best for their children. I mean, I'm coming as a, from the pediatric world. Right. You want to do the best for your kid. You want him to get the best medicine, the best doctors, and everything. Uh, the considerations become very difficult. Our considerations are different. If you, if your child needs uh, um, some form of exam, and you're like, "Fine, I want the best one. Is an MRI? I want an MRI now. Cost me money? I'll pay the money. I want an MRI now." I think myself uh, six months ago, I was in Ethiopia. You know, family comes in and they have uh, a small infection on their foot, and all they need is antibiotics. And they they tell them the doctor sees the kid, and he says, "Yeah, you need antibiotics." So I was like, "So give me antibiotics." Like, no, I can't give you antibiotics. There's a pharmacy. Go buy the antibiotics if you want the antibiotics. And she's like, "I don't have money. I just walked here two days to, for you to check the kid," and they just go home.
0: It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, but I think we very, I think yeah. we need to hear that though.
16: Yeah, it's very trying, and uh, and you kind of learn really.
0: And it must make you suffer. Maybe that's the wrong word. When you think of that child not getting the antibiotics they need in a situation like yeah, that. Yeah, no,
16: it's very. I'm saying that's why it's a very. It's a. It's an interesting um, experience. It's a very difficult one. It's not a simple one. Um, you realize, by the way, how resilient humans could be, because a lot of those people, unlike us, would not take the antibiotics, and they mm-hmm. overcome. They find the way to overcome. But in the end, you realize that. Uh, excuse me. That we're in the end just. Um, We're always doing our best and the one that you can save and push a little bit further you did your job and sometimes you can't how does israel
0: rank in the uh, area of pediatrics are there countries that follow suit and look toward israel for methods that they're using and procedures that are going on in the area of pediatrics like so many other areas that israel is leading the world in
16: i think that the pediatrics in this country is uh is quite good i'll put it that way i mean i'm not gonna i can't compare i'm not gonna give ourselves grades but if i have to give an example i just came back uh, actually. Mosei Shabat I just landed from Romania, spent there last week teaching the Romanians how to sedate children. That means we're in 2019, sedation is a form of uh, basically putting kids to sleep uh, around procedures that they perform. Sure. You know, if you want to, the fracture is always easy to go back to. If I'm resetting a fracture, right. I don't want the kid screaming his head off, so we put them out and reset this. that's something that's standard. Sure. You, you wouldn't assume But milder
0: anything. than regular anesthesia, right? Right? So,
16: right. so right now in Romania, you have two options. Either they grab you quickly and just reset it just like that. It's okay. It goes away. Or they, t- or you have to wait for an operating room, which can take, you know, hours to days. So we did the first course. We actually, I just came back with uh, some. Uh, I'm doing a cooperation with Rambam, and we just uh, ran a course there. And we're probably going to repeat it and continue doing these things.
0: Speaking to Dr. Giora Weiser, uh, what about these super high-tech glasses we heard about, <laughs> where, <laughs> where you think this this might be a good innovation for your emergency room?
16: Okay, so this actually this will actually tie into what I just t- spoke about the sedation. One of the biggest things that children suffer from in the em- Children come into the emergency department with a lot of pain and, and uh, anxiety. They're scared. They see sure. people like me. They start crying. I'm <laughs> used to that. Um, and and part you of you bring it, out the worst in them. It, uh, <laughs> I really do. It's not a joke. Unfortunately, but the point is, is that I'd like uh, when I look at these children, I want to help them. And if I do nothing else, I don't want to make it worse for them. I don't want to make them more traumatic. And the sedation is one form of avoiding, you know, causing them sure. extra trauma. And distraction is an amazing tool. For avoiding that pain, you know, you could take bloods from kids and suture them and everything with just a bit of distraction, and for that distraction, we have a lot of options. One of them being clowns and things like that. And lately, what we started using is these 3D goggles, which literally we use the parents. It's simple. It sounds like high tech, but it's not. It's the parents' cell phone, using YouTube on 3D uh, on 3D um, movies that you can just watch on YouTube at any time we put it in the goggles and the, it's amazing I talk to the kids while they're watching the movies swimming in the sea or whatever <laughs> and I'm doing whatever I want, and they don't move.
0: Boy, oh, boy. Thank yeah. God for technology. Really, huh? it's amazing. Helps in a lot of different areas. Yes, it uh, does. I thank you. I thank you for uh, joining us today. It's uh, Dr. Gero Gura- Weiser, Director of the Glaubach Department of Pediatric Emergency Medicine. My pleasure. And I hope uh, every emergency medicine case goes well yeah. and continue your amazing work on behalf of our people. We do our best. Tadarabha. Thank you. Thank you All so right. much for joining me today. Uh, we're at Charit Static Medical Center in Jerusalem. More coming up. I want to wish a mazal tov to the uh, Hode family. Janet and Lior Hode are guests of the unusual Teaneck dinner this coming Sunday night. We wish them a Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Also want to take this opportunity to wish a mazaltov Tov to Tamar and Ross Rothenberg, who tonight are being um, honored at the uh, at the um, Yeshiva Noam dinner that's happening tonight in New Jersey. And also remember that the mega event for Nefesh B'Nefesh which we'll get an update from Rabbi Fass about tomorrow morning, is happening this Sunday at the Glen Point Marriott in Teaneck, New Jersey, between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. That's happening again in Teaneck this coming Sunday. We'll be there uh, broadcasting in the afternoon. There'll be a vendor fair. You'll have a, an amazing opportunity to learn about Aliyah resources to explore opportunities in Israel. And we recommend you register now. Go to nbn.org slash mega. Again, that's nbn.org slash mega. And register for the... Mega event. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's been a lot of radio today, hasn't it? Uh, Miriam al is here to help wrap things up. You know they were brought to you by Aaron's Casino Farms all through this week. You know that, right? I certainly do. NSN is on the road in Israel. Aaron's Casino Farms sponsors us. Make sure to take Aaron's Casino Farms on the road with you this Pesach for all your Pesach needs. And as you go shopping for Purim and Pesach in the New York area, make sure to go to Aaron's Casino Farms to get whatever it is that you need in order to... um, uh, in order to uh, walk into the holiday with everything that you need at your in your home, in your pantry, in your kitchen,
1: making Pesach
0: or Purim first, correct.
1: Somebody just asked me um, by text. They're like, "What's your schedule the rest of the day, and what does the rest of the week look like?" And after texting it out to them, they were basically cackling, right? <laughs> and so they said, "When when's your vacation?" I wrote Pesach. <laughs> I said, "Isn't that the funniest but thing ever?" But you want to know
0: something? The best downtime that we have at the network is called a which is hilarious. That is correct. God is
1: merciful. It is unbelievable. It is certainly true. Hey,
0: let's thank Audrey Gross. Oh my gosh! A big thank you to Audrey, who says we can come back in 2020. We did all right in 2018. It does take
1: them a year to recover yeah, from us. Did don't, better in
0: 2019, it? and now she says we can come back next year if we win. Not
1: in between.
0: No, of course not. No, we wouldn't do that. Maybe an occasional uh, couple of minute visit. What that are you guys going to
1: do? But in between, I mean, the year, like you know, our next visit. Are you going to build something else for us? Are you going to put in some more
0: shops? Believe me, they'll be building here. Of course. Thank you to Sharon Alter, to Uri Schwartz, Mayor Furtig, Rachel Wolf, the birthday girl at the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem, and everybody, of course, who was so helpful in putting our shows together all through the week. Don't forget, Thursday, tomorrow, JM and the M comes to you from the Inbal Hotel. Thank you to the Inbal for their generous hospitality. We'll be speaking with representatives of the Jerusalem College of Technology. We'll be speaking to a team from the Medical School for International Health at Ben-Gurion University. We'll be speaking to Rabbi Josh Fass of Nefesh ben We'll be speaking to Rabbi Josh Joseph, who is Senior Vice President of Yeshiva University. They're all going to be stopping by in, um, in the Inbal Hotel tomorrow. And I was told there may even be a surprise guest on tomorrow's show, which will be pretty cool. Well,
1: that's why it's a surprise.
0: All right, so... That's We're just going
1: to keep it a surprise. We
0: like surprises. We do.
1: We don't always like surprises.
0: Right. Right. Tomorrow's I light. would prefer
1: there Maybe. be no surprises Maybe. in programming, but tomorrow is a good one.
0: If there is a surprise, it will be good. We'll wrap things up in just a couple of minutes. First, we go to Mila Cohen. You're listening to JM in the AM. Shari Tzedek Medical Center, where we have officially been given an invitation to return. Thank God. Um, tomorrow, day four of our journey to the Holy Land, brought to you by our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms. A week that has taken us to koh Publishers, to Azer Mitzion, to Shari Tzedek Medical Center, and tomorrow we'll feature at the Inbal Hotel, the Jerusalem College of Technology, and the Medical School for International Health at Ben-Gurion University. On Friday, we're back live in studio uh, between 6 and 9 a.m. with the weekly update, Rabbi Yudin's Dvar Torah, of course, Torah portion of the week, and much, much more. And it's a regular Friday, if there is such a thing as a regular Friday for us. And, uh, of course, over the weekend, it won't be a regular weekend, it'll be one that features our broadcast from Nefesh Benefesh's Mega event. We'll be in Teaneck, New Jersey, for the Mega at the Glen Point Marriott. Join us, everybody, uh, at the Glenpoint, and if, obviously, if you can't make it, join us by tuning in to our conversations that we'll be having from the Mega If you haven't yet uh, registered for the Mega, it's nbn.org slash Mega. Again, that's nbn.org slash Mega. And that is for Sunday. And I think, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, (laughs) I said to myself the other day. Sunday from 12 to 2. I think we actually. Is it? Yes. That's confirmed? That's what I'm telling you. Sunday from 12 to 2. And I think Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Um, Steve Sidero is stopping by the studio on Monday to discuss Birthright. Oh, wow. So we have that coming up as well. So (laughs) we really have. We have a lot of things happening, I must say, and I'm very proud of that. Um, And uh, I'm also proud of the fact that it's happening on both sides of the world here during our visit to Israel and obviously when we get back to the U.S. What's upcoming? Now at 9 o'clock, an encore presentation of Bite Size with Yoni Pollock, Correct. And then at 11 a.m., tell everybody what's going to happen and what might happen. Okay. What happens at 11 a.m. Eastern Time today and what might happen? Well, we're
1: not only telling everyone what might happen, we're also telling Avrami (laughs) what might happen. And that is? That we might show up for the live lunch. And
0: that's because Avrami hosts the live lunch Israel time between 6 and 8 p.m. And it's possible that as we start making our way westward, uh, eventually to the airport that we'll be stopping by and saying hi to uh, Avrami at his uh, Nahum Segal Network headquarters in Beit Shemesh. Correct. So, uh, which will be cool. Surprise! We, I hope he has three extra microphones, is all I could say.
1: Or maybe he double locks the door because he doesn't want us there, well, that, which I completely that, understand. That I would certainly yes.
0: understand. Uh, so that might happen later this morning. Everybody make sure to tune into the live lunch starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. It'll be live from Beit Shemesh, Israel. Um and that will wrap up our live program for today. And obviously great music all day long after that. Acheneh Israel, and Acheneh Mechem. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world and the web at NachumSiegel.com. On the Nachum Siegel Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. And that will close out. Our broadcast of JM and the AM from the Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. Encore presentation of Bite Size follows next. I thank all of you for tuning into the Nachum Segal Network. And I remind you that NSN On the Road in Israel is brought to you by Aaron's Casino Farms. Make sure to take Aaron's Casino Farms on the road with you this Pesach for all your Pesach needs. Have a fabulous Wednesday, whether you're spending it in Beit Shemesh, New York, or wherever. And until tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, Remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.